And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to FedEx. Today, we're going to be covering the pizza bomb heist, man. This one's a crazy one, probably one of the most bizarre cases I've ever covered. Let's get into it, man. we got a lot to talk about. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. No one else has these documents, by the way. Here's what FedEx covers. Dr. Lafredo confirmed lacerations due to stepping on glass. Murder investigation. You see him reaching in his jacket. You don't know. And he's positioning. Been on February 13, 2019. You're facing two counts of premeditated murder. Racketeering and Rico conspiracy. Young, young slime life here and after referred to as YSL. The this defendants is, uh, six nine. And then this is Billy Seiko right here. Now, when they first started, guys, six nine ran. I'm a fed. I'm watching this music video. You know, I'm bobbing my head like, hey, this shit lit. But at the same time, I'm pausing. Oh, wait, who this? Right? Oh, who's that in the back? Firearms and violent crimes. AKA, Pusha I see violated. In order to stay away from the victim. Trapper Pusha I see arrested after shooting at King of Diamonds, oh, Miami Strip Club, injured one this person. Is the, this is the one that, that's going to fuck him up because this gun is not traceable. Well, it happened at the gun range. Here's your boy, 42 Doug, right here on the left. Okay. Sex trafficking and sex crimes. They can effectively link him to paying an underage girl. I'm going to lock my fifth window. And well, the first bomb went off right here. Suspect to down a backpack at the site of the second explosion. Inspired by Al-Qaeda. Two terrorists, their brothers, the Zokar Sarnev and Tamer Lin Sarnev. When the cartel shipped drugs into the country. As this guy got arrested for um, espionage, okay? Trading secrets with the Russians for monetary compensation. The largest corrupt police bust in New Orleans history. The days of the police are gone. So he was in this bad boy. We're going to go over his past, the gang ties, so that this all makes sense. All right, we are back. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed it, Man. Uh, sorry for the delay, guys. This one took me a long time to prepare for because this case is very complex. There's a lot of information out there. I had to go ahead and get a bunch of content ready for y'all. Um, some of it is going to be from Netflix. Some of it's going to be from YouTube. I got to dance around the Netflix because you guys know copyright is a, you know, <laughs> a pain. So, uh, yeah, pretty much I was gathering everything. And as you guys know, I don't really like to have lag time when I'm doing a live stream with you guys. Um, I like to have all the information right there. And then I have all my tabs sorted and, you know, ready to go. And I kind of have an idea of how I'm going to do it. So, um, <clears throat> Angie's here. I know you guys are probably wondering where's Angie. She's, uh, she's here. She's just like, uh, you know, being a woman getting dressed somewhere. Uh, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel on your way in if you guys enjoy this true crime type stuff. Uh, so let me go ahead and some of these chats real fast. Um, we got here. I appreciate the donations. When we go and get that tried case uh, soon, coming very, very soon, guys, don't worry. Again, like I said before, right now what I'm doing is I'm covering the mafia. I'm probably going to fil film uh, the Genovese crime family for you guys tonight. Uh, last week I did the Bonanno crime family along with um, Joey Pistone, a.k.a. Donnie Brasco. Um, so make sure to go check that out, guys. I got an entire series on the mafia. Matter of fact, I'll show you guys real fast. Um, I went ahead and made it into a playlist for you guys. Uh, hold on one second. I'm pulling it up for y'all right now so you guys kind of have an idea of where it's at so it's easier to find. Um, and while you guys are here, man, if you, ha or if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel and like the video. Um, so if you go to the channel, right, I'm trying to make everything easier for you guys, right? So obviously the most viewed videos are here. All the most recent um, videos are here, right? Then you can go to Sunday videos, which are all the live streams, right? Then you got the Thursday videos, which is typically when I break down a documentary or I react to certain things, right? 
Then you got the serial killer cases right here. I've covered pretty much most of the famous serial killers. I got a couple more coming. Uh, one of the ones I'm going to cover for sure is the Golden State Killer for you guys because you guys are requesting that one. And then here, I got the Italian Mafia right here for y'all. Uh, I go over you know the origins, hierarchy terms. Then I go into the Gambino crime family. Then I go into the Lucchese's. Then I go into the Bananos and uh, Donnie Brasco. Um, and then we're going to do the Genovese tonight. And then I will go ahead and give y'all Columbia, Columbo probably after that. Then I got a whole 9-11 series as well for y'all guys um, where I cover the 1993 World Trade Center bombing to 9-11, how the FBI actually solved it step-by-step. Um, here, let me enlarge this for you guys so it's a little bit easier to see. Um, Osama bin Laden, how the CIA tracked them down and all the mistakes the CIA made to find them. Uh, then I start getting into the conspiracy theories, right? I break down the new Pearl Harbor. And then I bring Ryan Dawson on. <laughs> Okay, I'll say probably one of the best 9-11 researchers because he covers an angle that no one wants to cover and they're too scared to cover. All right, which we actually did a full episode on this on Rumble. We talked about the Saudi Arabian involvement and the CIA involvement with uh, 9-11. And then we went ahead and covered the entire situation involving them boys on Rumble. So make sure to go ahead and check that one, guys. All right, but yes, I will cover the triads. I will cover the Yakuza. I will cover um the, the mexican cartel i will cover the colombian cartels i'm going to cover all the big organized crime groups guys uh just be patient because like i said before if i'm going to do a, a big organized crime group i'm going to do it correctly i'm going to probably do a series on it just like i did with 9 11 um and everything else like that so uh so that's kind of how, how i do it man i want to make sure i do it correctly so uh mafia i probably got two or three more episodes left with that and then we'll probably move on to next organized crime group right uh okay so let me see here um oh and you set up you ready yeah okay what's up introduce yourself to the people hi guys uh it's me angelica or angie as you prefer uh we'll be doing a very peculiar case tonight i don't know anything about this case i didn't know like that was the thing my myron just told me today so i've been reacting just like you guys like yeah. it would be my first time knowing about this case. Yeah, we were gonna do a case. What was the one that you that you were telling me about before that we were gonna do? And then I was like, you know, this one's probably better. Well, uh, we do have a, like a long list of requests, and I've been telling Mario like you guys have been requesting the Iceman and also a prolif the prolific serial killer of Canada, Robert Robert Picton, I think it is. And yeah, I, I suggested those cases to Myron, but, but because Myron would likes to keep up with like uh, trending news and like trending cases, uh, he, uh, you told me about a new one. I I, I think it was which one was that you told me before the one I told you. Uh, Do you remember? No, which one? I think it was a shooting in, in Atlanta. Oh, yes, 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 yes. There was a shooting in Atlanta this week, and then there was another shooting in Texas, man. Yo, there's been 200 yeah. mass shootings already, guys, in the United States. Shit is getting crazy out here, man. Yeah, uh, I suggested him the other case that has been trending uh, like lately, the one from these like newlyweds that got killed uh, a few days ago after their wedding in North Carolina. I don't know if you guys know anything about that, but like it's been trending nonstop this week. So yeah, I told him about that well as well. All right. Yeah. Uh cool. So uh what else do we got here? We got here the armed forces of El Salvador. Yo, you really opened my eyes with the stop chasing three or four and chase the bag. This channel FNF is the best on YouTube. We got y'all man. We're diversified bro. We got you guys where there's true crime, helping y'all get your money up, cryptocurrency, real estate investing, being getting in shape. We got you guys like I said before, we really pride ourselves on being the number one men's podcast in the world to help y'all. Michael Mishrock, I appreciate that. Elevated Entertainment, you ever bust any biker gangs? Uh, I did not do um, biker gang cases, but I did have um, 
what was that is that a thing like a biker gangs yes yes like uh, i'll and i will do one on organized like hell's angels banditos etc i didn't do a biker gang case but i did have a drug case that linked to a biker gang and i just kind of stayed away from it because that was a bigger pain in the ass i didn't want to go ahead and do another whole rico case with another criminal organization but one of the guys that i was investigating was uh was a bandito uh but that's a whole other situation but yes i will go ahead and do organized uh biker gangs for y'all as well um curtis cole i love the content ask about frank lucas case in the future also another good case would be the mendez brothers killing their parents okay oh uh, that's that's in the that's on list that's on the list okay the mendez brothers yeah shedrick straker goes can you make a series about drug cartels i will uh, Myron, I just want to thank you for everything you do. You got me out of a dark place. I've since lost uh, 30 pounds. I make 300k a year buying my second rental property. Keep it up, brother. That's what we're talking about, man. Good stuff, my friend. Uh, L, Myron, and Ryan for exposing us on Friday. <laughs> that goes with the CIA. Uh, thank you, CIA. I appreciate that greatly, man. Um, and then we got here. M. Bar goes, found this in the Bible and wanted to share. Proverbs 31.3. Do not chase after women and lose your strength. Women like that have destroyed kings. Yeah. I mean, Fresh always quotes that on the... Um, on the podcast that uh, women have destroyed kingdoms. So I am not surprised. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, even back then in the biblical times, man, they knew that, you know, women deserve oh. less. Get the book, by the way. It's in stores right now, guys, on Amazon. Audible, Kindle, paperback, all over the place. Uh, and then we got here. Bro, you skipped my super chat. Uh, the good life. Can you find that for me, Angie? I don't know if I skipped them. Okay. Uh, Mr. Speak on it goes, what are your thoughts on everything popping off in Texas currently? I was going to cover that case, but there's not enough information right now. So it would have been boring. Uh, thanks for the content, Martin and Angie. Appreciate that sooner history. Uh, and then I think, am I caught up here? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm caught up. All right, cool. Uh, <clears throat> so today, guys, we're going to be covering the uh, bomber, pizza bomber case. This one is fucking crazy, man. Uh, so let's get right into it. Uh, death of Brian Wells, okay? Um, the death of Brian Wells took place on August 28, 2003, after Wells, a pizza delivery man, robbed a PNT bank near his hometown of Erie, Pennsylvania, United States. Upon being apprehended by police, Wells was murdered when an explosive collar locked to his neck detonated. The plot subsequently uncovered has been described as one of the most complicated bizarre crimes in the history of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, in conjunction with the ATF and uh, Pennsylvania State Police, the FBI investigation into Marjorie Deal, Armstrong, and Kenneth Barnes being charged with the crime in 2007. Now, it's much more complex than that, but uh, I'm going to go ahead, guys, and we're going to get right into, uh, we're going to play a portion of this documentary. I'm streaming on Twitch as well, guys, because I already know that YouTube might be lame oh, and, no. try to, and try to shut this down. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go ahead and play a portion of it, right? And I'm going to pause it often to give you guys commentary. And to be honest with you, I need to give you guys commentary to make things make sense anyway. Uh, and then, uh, and then I also have another documentary here as well that we're going to be using. Um, but this one right here, what we're going to go over is the actual incident that occurred where the bomb went off and him robbing the bank, et cetera, all the facts that kind of led to that. And we'll kind of work our way from there. So we're going to go with the bombing incident and then we're going to work our way backwards. Okay. Into the actual investigation and identify all the conspirators involved. I want you guys to pay attention because this case is very complex. It's very bizarre. It's very weird. Um, but it is, uh, nonetheless fairly entertaining um and then and do you have anything before i get into this thing no i really don't know anything about this i'm like trigger i need to know okay like, I'm excited. all right all right um so guys do me a quick favor like the video we're on twitch as well so um if it does go down on youtube don't worry just be patient and it's gonna come back up and then when you watch the replay it's gonna come back up uh but i'm gonna like i said before i'm gonna be playing oh, do you think it's gonna be taken out 
uh, I, they, what they'll do is like this stream is playing blah blah blah, and then it'll be lame. Okay. But it but it's weird because when you play it back on YouTube, it'll play. Um, but yeah, so I, I pretty much have it ready to go from where I want y'all to see. Um, this is a state trooper that was involved in this investigation from the beginning and one of the responding officers back on um, August 28, uh, 2003. So, um, and this is the pizza bomber timeline right here. Okay, guys, the pizza bomber case took more than seven years to investigate and prosecute with FBI Special Agent Jerry Clark as the lead investigator. Here's a synopsis of some of the events in the probe based on court records and other sources and is compiled by Ed uh, Palat. Palatella for the Erie Times News. And we're going to go over this right here. August 28, 2003. Brian Wells is killed when a bomb locked to his neck explodes after he robs a PNC bank in Summit Town Center, a shopping plaza just south of Erie, Pennsylvania. Wells tells state police before the collar bomb goes off that four black men forced him to wear the device and rob the bank. Investigators later determined Wells was lying. The night of August 28, 2003, federal agents searched Wells' house on Loveland Avenue in Mill Creek Township. They find nothing to indicate the collar bomb was built there. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it, my friends. PNC Bank, which is located directly across here, uh, had been robbed by an individual apparently wearing a collar bomb. A collar bomb. And as you guys can see here, he walks into the bank, right? And he's chilling. He's, he's walking in. He's kind of strolling in. He has this big-ass bulge, right, on his shirt, okay? And it says guest on it. It's a guest shirt. And he's, uh, if you guys are wondering what that is right there, it's a lollipop. He actually walked into the bank and took a lollipop from the, from this little thing right here. And he had a cane, but you guys are going to see what that cane actually was here in a second. Brian Wells walked into the PNC bank with a cane and the collar around his neck. There's a cane right there. What does that look like, guys? <laughs> Learned that the uh, cane, it was actually a gun, a cane. Yes, it was, my friends. It was a shotgun that was uh, given to him by the masterminds here. Gun. He apparently handed the teller a note. Okay. So this is one of the notes here. It goes, bomb hostage. You are to go to the PNC Bank at Summit Town Center on Peach Street. Quietly give the following demand notes to a receptionist or Bank manager, do not cause alarm, get required money, and deliver it to a specified location by following notes that you will collect as, uh, I can't see what this says here, but race going against time, okay? Each note leads to the next note and key until finished. You will collect several keys and a combination to remove bomb. After, police won't charge you because you were a hostage. Most important, explanation point, do not radio, phone, or contact anyone. Alerting the authorities, your company, or anyone else will bring you death. If we spot police vehicles or aircraft, you will be killed. This powerful booby trap bomb can be removed only by following our instructions. Using time attempting to escape, it will fail, and blah, blah, blah. So you can see here that these guys were on some demon time. <laughs> this is some shit out of the movie Saw right here, man. The notes were were nine pages. They were they were quite rambling in places. There were a couple of them that were instructions for Brian. There were one that he was to give to the to the bank manager. One to the police. And he had a bunch of notes, guys. A bunch of them. I and we'll go through uh, some of them in a little bit more detail here in a little bit. But uh, let's keep going. 
And you guys are probably wondering, why is it in such nice handwriting? Uh, what they did was they typed it and then they traced over it. Why did they do that? Well, that's actually pretty smart that they did that because it would make it um, almost impossible to detect handwriting. So if someone comes in and trying to get a handwriting exemplar, blah, 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 they won't be able to trace the handwriting because the person basically typed it up on a typewriter, then put it down, then they traced over the typewriter so the font is basically whatever the typewriter is. Pretty smart. Very time-consuming, but pretty smart. Banknotes. <laughs> I have a gun. Give me all your money. I mean, they, they're not—they're not usually, you know, dissertations that are that are miles long. Yeah, my man wrote a freaking uh, <laughs> thesis paper here. So use no ink bombs, markings, tracking, locating device, or any other security measures. We will screen for these, and if found, will make us detonate the bomb. Defiance guarantees death and revenge. We are using scanners and other detection methods to verify the money is clear. Channels are monitored for police calls. We will detonate if the authorities are involved. Myself. Uh, wife and partner are following sentries to ensure compliance. After receiving money, we will provide bomb hostage with the location of the final key and combination to disarm and remove bomb. Wait one hour after bomb hostage returns to contact police, or we will one bomb or two retaliate. So obviously, these guys were out here <laughs> writing a thesis of terror for this guy. And yes, guys, he had only 55 minutes to complete this task. Yay! And um, just so you guys know, very interesting. The police actually went and tried to complete. They actually like retraced the steps and tried to complete what he was tasked to do, and they could not do it. So this was pretty much a death sentence for this guy, uh, Brian Wells. Do not think you can outsmart us, guys. That is a clue to the people that were behind this crime, the two main masterminds that were behind this crime. We are following you. He had asked for $250,000. In the end, all he got was what was in the drawers, somewhere around $8,000. I think it was about um, $8,700 to be exact, guys, because... Um, at the time, the manager that was there, uh, there was only one manager, and you needed two managers to open up the vault, so they couldn't get the money out of the vault, so they just gave him whatever they could with the drawers and got him out of there. And then um, a witness that was there, obviously, he's like, what the fuck? This guy's here with a cane. Sun's off. He, you know, he obviously, he follows him out. He uh, calls the police. And, you know, it's 2003, so there were Nokia cell phones back then, right? Uh, he calls the police, and what he does is, he gives a description of the vehicle and the police are able to arrive on scene very quickly. And what happens next? Okay. Next instruction, get out of the car and go to the small sign, uh, red, red in the flower bed by the sign. There is a rock with a note taped to the bottom. It has your next instructions. Read, I think is what I meant. He exited the bank, stopped at McDonald's, and picked up a uh, apparently a note in the flower bed he had a, with it. Got Yo, they even drew the fucking thing for him. <laughs> Drive through uh, 24 hours. 
Okay. That's dedication. Yeah, that's dedication. These guys were dedicated. And y'all are going to see here in a little bit uh, with how they made the bomb, et cetera, that these guys were dedicated. His vehicle back on the road proceeded to head south on Route 19, which is Peach Street, when our units arrived, at which time our units spotted his vehicle and pulled him over in the Eyeglass Ward parking lot. Okay, so bam. So y'all can see here's the bank. Literally within minutes of each other, guys, if y'all look at it from the map here, the bank is here, comes out, goes over to McDonald's, right, gets the note. Then he comes out this way, and this is where you guys are going to see the police intercept him. And Erie, Pennsylvania, just so you guys know, give you guys a quick little uh, thing here. Uh, where is it? Oh, hold on. Erie, Pennsylvania, guys, is... A very small town. All right. And you're you're basically smack dab in the middle of two states. You're about 20 minutes from two different states. You can either go to the east and hit New York or to the west and hit Ohio. Okay. And let me go ahead and boom. Just so you guys have a full view here of where it's at. Okay. It's West Pennsylvania right there on, on the, on the uh, Lake Erie. Well, what? That's why it's called eerie, but this was a very eerie case. Give myself the bad joke thing. All right. But y'all get the idea here, right? <clears throat> Back to the documentary. I was assigned to the patrol unit here in Erie, and on that particular day, I was riding my motorcycle. I was made aware of a situation going on over on Peach Street. Police captured Brian Wells, age 46, a pizza delivery man, just minutes after he left the bank. We got him out of the car and handcuffed. Not married, no kids. And this is gonna, that's gonna play a significant role here, guys, when we figure out what Brian Wells did on his free time, if y'all know what I'm saying. Yay! The And Brian had said something about a bomb. So what you guys seeing here being done pretty much is like a felony stop. They get him, you know, in a position of disadvantage, right? And uh, they cuff him up, right? Because all they know is that, hey, someone robbed the bank. He may or may not be armed. He has some kind of weird cane. Uh, well, something's on his neck. It's, and this is the car he's driving. So obviously they arrive at scene and they assume the worst. And they immediately put him in a position of disadvantage. And they cuff him up, right? Then... Shit's about to get real. It was Trooper Zemanski who went up and actually, using a small pair of scissors, cut the size of the shirt because whatever he had was underneath a T-shirt. And when Trooper Zemanski lifted the shirt, he looked at it and he goes, yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> oh, my He's God. He's like, nah, I'm good. Ah, man, get me out of here. You know, this is not going to be one of those... Hello, I'm good. Because, guys, keep in mind, all right? Again, some of y'all are young, so you guys don't know. In 2003, we were still in a very, you know, war on terror. You know, you know, 9-11 was fresh in our minds. We had just invaded Iraq, by the way, guys. It was, we invaded Iraq in March of 2003. This is August, so literally five months later. So anything that has to do with bombs or terrorism or any of that stuff, we were extremely sensitive to that in the United States back in 2003. I, I can't, you, you would have to live through it to understand the level of fear um, that people had when it came to that T-word, when it came to bombs, when it came to planes, and when it came to Islam, it was a different time, my friends.
like a bomb to me. That's when they sat him down to isolate him. They're like, fuck this. Y'all don't pay me enough, man. I'm making 50K with the state police. I'm straight. I'm good. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This, that, that ain't enough money, man. Bumbocat! Right at, at that time when i pulled up the general consensus is it was probably a fake bomb but we never know so we have to act as it's a real bomb when i arrived uh he was already on his knees cuffed and he was talking calmly so we were going back with forth with him being a willing participant or a hostage He's like, yo, take these handcuffs off, man. This shit hurts. Um, and real quick, uh, I'll hit some of these chats, guys, because as you guys know, I'm playing Netflix stuff right now, so I got to be very careful that the stream doesn't get turned off. So I apologize that I'm um, pausing it frequently, but you guys understand. You know what I mean? Uh, here, can I get the other one, the yellow can one? Got to Angie helping out. Okay, uh, what are your thoughts on everything popping off? At nope, read that one. Uh, thanks for the content, Angie and Myron. Sooner history, appreciate that. Uh, we got here, Sparky, nope. Uh, started watching your shows one year ago, quit drinking, lost my beer gut, and I'm shredded now, six foot, 285 pounds, quit chasing 304s and invest in crypto and making my bag. Good stuff, my friend. Make that money. Don't be a loser. Okay. Uh, hey, Myron, thank you so much for giving Ryan Dawson your platform to expose them boys, LMAO, when you have him on again. Um, we're going to do it. For some of you guys that were wondering, we um, we covered Epstein, then we also covered 9-11. We went into the them boys portion, right, the dancing boys, if y'all know what I'm saying. Uh, but next we're going to cover, um, the Tennessee ring of them boys. And then also the, um, there was, a uh, uh, art students as well. So we're going to cover that. I'm thinking we might do it this Wednesday or possibly maybe even on the off days, like a Thursday or, or, or Friday, but we're definitely going to have them back on to finish the nine 11 thing. Uh, because yeah, that, that it's a monster, but I hope I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it, man. Ryan Dawson is really smart. Uh, it's a sad, it's sad that he was deplatformed and canceled everywhere, but Hey man, we're going to give him a voice. Hell, we might even post new mech on our channel for y'all, man. Quick announcement. Yeah. Me and him are working that out right now. Uh, but we might post that on the channel for y'all. I'm going to talk to the YouTube people, make sure it's cool, but it is very historically accurate. It's not slanderous or any of the other stuff. Everything that he says in that documentary is 1000% fact. He has declassified documents to prove it. I mean, them boys definitely stole the nuclear bomb from the United States. It's a fact. It's not even in dispute anymore. Uh, Pinochet's helicopter tours. Have you looked into the LA Brim case? I have not. Uh, Mr. Shandon, mind me up, bro. Can you do the case of James Bolger? I already did it. I already did it. God damn it. That's I already did Whitey Bolger. <laughs> yeah, I already did Whitey Bolger. That was one of my favorite ones too. Uh, go back and look at the, um, go back and look at the uh, Thursday videos. It's in there. I definitely did James Bolger, man. I'm, I, dude, I went to college in Boston, man. You can't, you can't say boss without saying James Bolger. Me and my colleagues usually talk about concepts similar to what you discuss, but unfortunately, we can't be open because we work healthcare. Yeah, bro, it is what it is, man. You guys are cucked over there. All right, let's get back to the documentary, and then I'll read the rest of the chats after. But like I said before, actually, you know what? Will you guys cover the Parkland shooting? Parkland shooting. Oh, that was here in Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I could cover that one. I, I want, uh, I want uh, if you're to reading cover this, like the, the, video. the shooting that was in, uh, I think it was in Orlando. From this guy that that went into the, the GCS actually made the case, um, the interrogation room, and he was trying to fake as if he was. Um, oh, crazy! Ill. Yeah, yeah. I think the Parkland shooter was one of the people in there. 
if I'm not mistaken. If it's the 18-year-old high school kid, I think yes. it was. From 2018. Yeah, that's him. Yes. That's him. That's yeah. the Buckland shooting? I think so. That's what it's called? I yeah, if I'm else. not mistaken. Okay. That's the one I wanted to... The, he to... just got convicted, too, recently. Like, it took them forever to go to trial. Yo, Florida is slow as hell when it goes yeah. to, comes to going on trial. Like, they're about to go to trial on Melly's case, like, next month. Bro, Melly's been in jail since, like, 2018. Like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Bro, the Florida justice system and the Texas Florida justice system it's are so behind, man. L, yes. Yeah, L, L justice systems, man. But, hey, it is what it is. All right, let's keep going. I'm looking through the binoculars, and he's talking. He's nervous, but he's not talking agitated. He's not agitated at all. And he was really concerned about getting the collar off his neck. As soon as we believed that we had a bomb, and the call went to the Erie Bomb Squad, it's just unfortunate that they were probably over 10 miles away. And another unfortunate thing is that in the process of protecting the public, by closing down Peach Street, we've now created a traffic problem that the bomb squad, they now have to contend with this traffic. Okay, so you guys are probably wondering, like, yo, why did the police do anything right then and there, etc.? So whenever you have a, a bomb situation like that, guys, there's only a small amount of officers in the state a lot of the times that can even deal with bombs, right? And it's typically going to be a bomb squad. Every major city typically has one. And if a major city doesn't have one, there's the state police will always have a squad. But since they're pretty much a specialized unit, right, it's a bunch of different troopers that, you know, might be investigators, might be road guys, whatever it may be. They all have to, they get the call. Okay. They got to drop what they're doing. And then they got to go ahead and respond. That takes time, guys. It's just like a SWAT team. And it's even more refined because there's less of them that are qualified. Um, you can also ask the feds for help, right? Maybe the ATF might have a bomb squad, but a lot of the times they don't, right? Especially in rural areas like this. The ATF might have a bomb squad in a big city, but in a uh, place like Erie, Pennsylvania, more than likely that's going to be a big. Nope. So it's going to take them time to respond. And obviously each minute of precious time is, uh, you know, Brian Wells is losing and he only has 55 minutes. So you guys are going to see what ends up happening here. But yeah, man, I mean, the police there are not qualified to deal with a bomb and, and disarm it, uh, you know, much less disarm it. So. That's why they couldn't do anything. And that's why it took them so long to get there because bomb squads are typically trained officers that specialize with bombs, disarming them, et cetera. They know what to look for, what to not look for, how to disarm it, et cetera. And it still takes them time. And they got to set up. They got to wear the, 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 the bomb suit, um, et cetera, so that they can go in there. It's, it's, a very, it's a very taxing and cumbersome process, unfortunately, guys. Did you call my boss? Yeah, I guess I guess he had to. He's like, damn, I'm going to be late on this next delivery. We realized what pizza shop that he worked at, and I sent two guys down there to conduct interviews. Mamma mia! Pizza shop is where he worked at, guys. And that pizza shop is located right here. But this guy was delivering pizzas to the bank or what? Right here, Mamma Mia's pizza shop. What was that? He was delivering pizzas to the bank or what? Like, no, 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 not to the way? bank. You'll see where he was delivering it. Okay. You'll see here in a second. But yeah, right. This is where uh, Mamma Mia's Pizza is nowadays, guys. 1533 W38 Street. Sub Salads, Calzones, Stromboli's. Yeah, W the sponsor that Myron is giving them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to them, man. Y'all owe me a check for uh, promoting y'all. Go eat pizza. Lunch specials. At Pennsylvania. Yeah, go ahead. Legendary place. Workers at Mamma Mia's Pizzeria saw Wells leave to deliver two sausage and pepperoni pies to a remote location. And up. Oh. 
Okay, now we're getting somewhere. He had to de deliver the pizzas to an unoccupied radio tower. Hmm. Sus. Unoccupied radio tower. He was saying it was black people uh, chopped him up. <laughs> okay, bro. <laughs> I actually got a laugh that he said, yo, it was black people that put this on me. Come on, man. We we know it wasn't some black people that put that on you, bro. First of all, black people ain't going to make a bomb like that that's that sophisticated. Number two, they're not going to give you a cane gun, okay? It's just, it, come on. The police knew right away, yo, this dude's capping. But that's funny that he said that black people put this on me. <laughs> of course you find The call around his neck. He never said who it was. He couldn't describe the black individuals that he claimed put the bomb around his neck. Jamal and Kareem. Oh, my God. You know in your heart that there's probably another black person involved in it, but that's what they're going to say. Yeah, let's keep it a thousand. Black people ain't fucking giving you some bomb, telling you to rob a bank with some detailed ass notes. Like, no, <laughs> that's not that's not happening. At that time, in case they I start hearing them. What was that you said? It's, it's crazy that you, they just left them there just in case the bombs close. He's just like there. And yeah. everyone is like, <laughs> yeah, because the police the don't know what to do. They're like, uh, because they're confused. Like, think about it. Some dude robbed the bank and he has a bomb on him. And he's saying that he was put, the bomb was put on him. Guys, mind you, this was in 2003. This was before the movie Saw came out. <laughs> oh my so, god so they have no clue like, what the hell is going on right now like wait you told yeah. me that you robbed the bank but you got a bomb on your neck and you're telling me some black people put it on like what the so for them it was pure bizarre confusion like that there was like there was no idea what the hell was going on but the movie saw i went and checked it out it came out um october 29 2004 so this is well before that movie came out um yeah. i just i just don't understand like by that time wouldn't it be someone like specialized to try to disarm those kind of things they were on bombs? the scene they were responding they were they were driving they to were get on their the way okay. they're on the way yeah but remember like there's not many of them in a rural area like that and um it's gonna take time and they blocked off the road because they had to segregate oh, it, so it made it even right. harder for them to get there okay beat his whole demeanor changed and I think it's at that time that he realized that it is a real bomb. I'm not lying. I don't think he realized until it started beeping. Pure confusion. So the, at this point, guys, the police are trying to clear the area because they don't know how powerful this bomb is. So they're telling everyone to get the hell out the area. He was getting excited, and then I kept hearing it, it. You know, it was going beep, beep. So, All right, guys, about to get graphic here in a little bit. So, if your discretion is advised, which y'all are about to see. I was zoomed in right on his face. Oh my God! God damn! Holy! I. Yeah. Yep. 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 Rest in peace, man. That was not. Yeah, that was crazy. Crazy, crazy. 
They just literally let him die. What the heck? His eyes just got real wide. Yeah. And then they went to the back of his head. Oh. And that was the end of him. Can you go back and repeat it? <laughs> no, you sicko. <laughs> Do that on your own time, Angie. <laughs> I just kind of want to know where it where exploded. It was, uh, so you're going to see here in a little bit. Okay. I was looking in that direction. The man was sitting there as he was since about three o'clock when all of a sudden a loud explosion and he flipped onto his back and the state police troopers scrambled. They're still holding guns. Guys, do me a favor. This video more than likely is probably going to get demonetized. I, I guarantee it. Of course, of the, with that explosion. Yeah, what? it's going to get demonetized. So do me a favor, guys. We do this, these videos for y'all because we love y'all. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We got 1,200 of you guys watching. You guys can be anywhere else in the world, but you're here with us right now. So do me a favor, man. If anything, at least like the video, because I'm definitely getting demonetized after this <laughs> breakdown. I'm telling y'all, it's it, this is hell. I might get canceled after this shit. And so, canceled. Yeah, and canceled. I'm playing Netflix documentaries for y'all. Gore and shit, explosions. Yeah. Like the video, please. Shout out to the Department of Justice because he already knows what time it is. <laughs> so please, guys, if anything, like the video for that. This is going to definitely get demonetized. You guys don't have to donate a dollar to the stream. I never asked for money on this on this podcast. I just want y'all to get the entertainment, the edutainment, the, um, and the knowledge, right, of how criminal cases really work, giving you guys uh, perspective from a former Fed. So that's all I ask, man. Just uh, like the video and subscribe to the channel. He just blew up. Yeah, yeah, seriously, bro. Y'all just saw an explosion on him as you can see they're still not exactly sure his condition my name is tom stankovich on august 20th at insults injury the bomb squad showed up like maybe three to five minutes after the bomb went off holy l but you guys are going to see that honestly even if they had arrived on time they probably wouldn't have been able to disarm the bomb and you guys are going to see hear that in a second 28th, 2003, I was the bomb squad commander for the city of Erie Police. Within about four blocks of our arrival at the scene, we received information over the radio that a bomb had exploded on this suspect. He had still been breathing up until a couple of, you know, really until a moment. Okay, you guys see this right here? This is a replica of the bomb that the crooks made, which um, you guys are going to see pretty, pretty sophisticated, fairly sophisticated. Before we had arrived. We put on bomb suits, took up the necessary equipment that we might need. And again, guys, that all takes time. So even if they arrived on time, they probably wouldn't have been able to get that bomb off of him. And you guys are going to see that the bomb makers put some booby traps in there as well. But yeah, booby putting traps. on that bomb suit takes time, man. Booby traps. Yeah, you're going to see here in a second. Pushing the person at the scene, it, it was evident that he was deceased at that point. Well, I mean, no brainer. The suspect still had part of the device secured to his neck. Oh my God. <laughs> we methodically went through to make sure there were no more explosive devices on him, as well as searching his vehicle for any potential further explosive devices. So anytime the bomb squad responds, guys, not only do they have to clear the area where the bomb went off, they have to clear the area all around it to make sure there's not any what you call secondaries, which means another explosive device. Um, so that's first and foremost, obviously they get in, they see that he's deceased. Okay, cool. Like not cool, but like, okay, he's, he's deceased. 
we can't do anything. This is now an active crime scene. Now we got to make sure that there's not going to be another bomb here that's going to go off that's going to hurt us or destroy evidence. So that's the the um second priority after they figure out if the person is alive or not. This this was like a and that's sort a photo of the vehicle right there at the scene. What was that called? Uh, was this like a sort of type of terrorist? Ah, uh, you'll see here in a bit. Angie doesn't know this case at all, guys. So she's kind my, of in the my, same boat as y'all that might not know. He just doesn't want to tell me. <laughs> bro, did someone say rest in pizza? Yo, y'all are messed up, bro. <laughs> God damn, man. Holy. Y'all are on some demon time in here, man. <laughs> so what's that? Rest in pizza? Oh, my God. What the fuck, bro? All right, so this is what was found in the car. Y'all can see the cane gun is here. Was it actually a gun? Yeah, it was. It was. It was functioning. Wow. More notes are found in his car. Brian Wells was supposed to. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a look, guys, at some of the notes here. Okay. Um. So oh, let me enlarge this for y'all. Okay. Oh, my bad. This part. Okay, so so here's one of the notes, right? Rules: You must follow a course of instructions to find keys and uh, combination codes to disarm the bomb. Do not insert keys into keyholes until instructed. Some keyholes are booby trapped to prevent tampering. Drive 60 miles per hour throughout the course. Use only two or three minutes at each stop. A sentry will be watching at each stop to ensure you are not being followed. Bomb has trip wires. Forcing or tampering will detonate. All weapons. Papers, containers, tapes, etc. must be returned to us. Each item you find after dropping money has a key and or a combination word you will need to decipher the combination. Oh this will disarm some tripwires before you unlock. This procedure is to make sure you leave no materials behind. What? Bro, holy. Imagine like like having to uh to go through that. What what does booby trap mean? <laughs> so what so booby trap means uh basically what they did, guys, was they put what you call like kind of false wires in there. So there was a bunch of yellow wires in a collar, right? And here's a collar right here, and I'll show it to y'all real fast. This was the collar, okay? As y'all can see, there's a bunch of um, wiring here. I'm not showing it. Okay. Oh, it's not. Oh, thank you, Angie, for letting me know. Um, this is the collar right here, guys. And they actually had to saw Brian's head off to get the collar uh, off and keep the collar intact. Is that the actual thing? Like the this, real thing? This is the actual one. Yeah, you can see the blood on it. This is the actual uh, evidence, right? Um, so yeah, I know this is some saw type shit, man. These guys were on demon time. <laughs> so anyway, you can see here that these wires were in the, in the way here. These wires really had nothing to do with the bomb. They were just there for display and also kind of like trip wires. So if, uh, the bomb squad tried to come in and disarm the bomb, they would be wasting time dealing with those wires. So these guys were on some, on some real demon time trying to get them killed, uh, and, to be honest with y'all. And he blew up on this hole right there, like... Yeah, so what okay. they ended up doing, so the, this was attached to his neck. He never got it off. Uh -huh. So what ended up happening is after he was killed, the police, to preserve this this collar neck, right, because it's their best piece of evidence, right? they had to saw his head off. They actually sawed no his head way. off. Yeah, they sawed his head off. Yep. Yep, 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 to preserve the evidence. Oh and, his family, and his family was very mad about that for obvious reasons. So here's some more of the notes, right? This is McDonald's number one. Leave McDonald's from the rear. And drive behind and around the side of up eyeglass world. Okay, stop at Peach Street. Import it. You must get out 
and tie the orange tape taped on Bomb East around the fire hydrant at Peach Street to signal that you have money and left the bank. Two, go south to Peach Street, take 90 west for two miles. And guys, memorize Peach Street. That's going to be very important later on. And interchange 178, take 79 north for two and a quarter miles at exit 180. Pull to the side of the road ramp and stop next to the yellow traffic light warning sign, right? And they draw it for him. Go directly across the grass to the right and into the woods. The container with the orange tape has your next instructions. Place all notes, containers, and tapes in the money bag and proceed. Tell me you wouldn't be fucking terrified, bro. And this instructions If you got these instructions and you had only 55 minutes to do this. And And they put a map in here. Guys, keep in mind, okay? This is 2003. There's no such thing as GPS, okay? The best that you could do back then in 2003 was you had to go and print some fucking MapQuest directions and shit like that to get to where you were going to go. There was no such thing as GPS. Maybe you had a TomTom if you were lucky. And y'all don't even probably know what a TomTom is. A TomTom used to be this thing you used to put in your car and, it, and you'd like put in an address yeah. and it would take you somewhere. That's if you were lucky you had a TomTom. So this guy, I doubt, had a TomTom. Those things were expensive back then. So, uh, so yeah, you guys can see here that they put all these instructions Right, um, giving them all uh, uh, and the map. So yeah, dude, this this is literally terrifying. And this instructions were for who? Uh, for the pizza guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, that he had to follow. Right. To get the bomb disarmed. To get the bomb disarmed. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, y'all can see. Look at all these destruct, like these super detailed <laughs> instructions. Uh, okay. Let's get back to it. Doing a scavenger hunt. And he was supposed to go from point A to point B to point C to point D in order to get further instructions to eventually lead him to a location where the keys would be given him to release this bomb. And that's what I just read to you guys. Leaving McDonald's from the rear, go south on Peach Street. He was following. That's the sign that he was supposed to go to. Instructions from the McDonald's to this site. Contacted the. And that's where he got. He never made it here, guys, because obviously he got caught, right? So this was the next stop that he was supposed to take. We're going to go over the stops that he was supposed to uh, retrace. We'll retrace the steps here in a little bit. Bomb squad. Also, we got uh, 1,300 of y'all watching on YouTube and then another 100 plus y'all on Twitch. So do me a favor, guys. Open up a tab, watch us on YouTube, and watch us on Twitch at the same time. Uh, so we get pushed more in the algo on YouTube. We only got 704 likes, man. We should have a thousand at least. Why? Because I'm probably going to get demonetized and or canceled for showing y'all this. Facts. And maybe some copyright BS because I'm playing a, doc- a Netflix documentary. We're going all the way in right now, man. We are literally going raw. Okay? Pause. So go ahead. And like the video, goddammit. Because we're in this thing, no condom. They came in swept the area. The glue was sitting in, in the uh, in, in a coffee can, maybe five to ten yards off the barn, you know, just to the right of the sign. It's not too not too far from the sign. All right, so this is the um, the note found in the coffee jar now, and let me see if I could pull it up for y'all so we can go through it real fast. Uh, this was number one. 
Mm -hmm. That's the bank one. I'm going to write my answers down for the end of the video because. Okay. Where did I put it? God damn it. Is it not here? Trying to find it for you guys. Hold on. It might be here, might be not. No, this is dealing with the police. Our enforcement. You know, they got an enforcement policy. <laughs> These guys were really on some demon time here. That's the bank manager, receptionist, detailed instructions. Step one. Nope. We need step two. How many no's did they give them? They gave them a lot, man. Most people nowadays would have been terrified just off how many notes it was. Uh, from the drop off. Okay, backtrack to 79 South, two miles uh, on the side of the highway, two out of 10 miles before, before I-78, just before the overhead power lines. power lines. Park at the McKen Township sign. Walk off the right. Okay, it's cut off, guys, so I can't read all of it. Uh, into the woods and follow orange tapes to instructions inside. Point number one, which was Interchange Road, he was to go to his next dropout point, which was on 79 South, pretty close to the McCain Township exit. Where we're at right now is the second place for the scavenger hunt that he was directed to come to. What we found here, as we were looking for other items. All right, guys. Uh, pay attention because something here is going to be very interesting that comes up, okay? Uh, we found the orange tape sign with uh, Vietnam on it. As we were looking in through here, I noticed way, way back on the other side of that field, a minivan coming this way and started to come towards us. A minivan? Hmm. But it looked like he was coming to this point also, and we kind of surprised him. And uh, when he saw us, he stopped for a while. Hmm. Hesitated, backed up, and took off. And he was so far away, we couldn't drive up through here. He, he basically got away. It was like a blue type, dirty blue type van. Keep that in mind, guys. So at the next stop that he was supposed to go to, who was looking? A blue minivan. I figured whoever... As seen by the police when they were there trying to reach, uh, find the steps. Whoever was responsible for leaving the notes was in that van, leaving the notes at both the drop-off points. Actually, that van always bothered me. All right, knew it. Uh, so we already got hit with the stream suspended uh, on YouTube. So oh, it's fine. No. It's fine. Don't worry. We'll be back in a second. So what I'll do is I'll just read the chats. Everyone is like, no, no. Yeah, it's fine. I, I prepared for this. I already knew <laughs> oh, it was coming. I already, I already knew it was coming. So it's fine. That's what they, that's what they do. Um, but we'll be right back, guys. So don't, don't worry about it. If you guys are watching on Twitch, awesome. If you guys are watching on YouTube, don't worry about it. Give it probably two minutes. I'll say minutes. One, one or two minutes and they'll, and they'll okay. give it back, which is no problem. So anyway, so let's go ahead and hit some of these chats in the meantime, because I always I, I'm prepared for this one. Uh, okay. uh, can you drop the Twitch link? Everyone is asking. Oh, for the it. Twitch link. Yeah, actually, I can do that. So give me one second. Uh, it's a. Eh, 
let's see here. I'll drop it for you guys here in a second. Uh, it's the fresh and fit switch, guys. Don't worry, I'm not I'm not progressing forward, uh, yet. So don't worry, guys. Okay, cool. I'll put. I'll That's the beauty of a live stream, you guys. Yeah. We it, it don't, don't worry, guys. We got we got y'all, man. I knew this was coming. I but you know what? It's good because we at least completed what I wanted to show y'all. So. Yes, you guys. This is what inspires three thirty minutes or less movie. Yeah. The comedy movie. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's it's suspended, but they're gonna they're gonna obviously um it's gonna come back up. So don't worry about it. In the meantime, I will go ahead and uh, read some of these chats real fast. Um, this is uh, why we need to go to Rumble. To Rumble? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, freaking, uh, yeah, it, it gets kind of lame with that, but you know, it is what it is. I, I knew it was coming, but the important thing is, is that we, um, we got the main stuff out the way, which is like the bombing incident, the notes. So they kind of knew what happened with that. Now we're going to kind of go into the conspiracy and work our way backwards in the actual investigation. See, we're back on YouTube. I already, I already called it. See, told y'all. Okay. And don't worry, guys, when you watch this back on the replay, they're actually going to show that part of the stream on YouTube. So we're good, bro. Don't worry about it. So just a little recap for all my YouTube people that are here. Uh, I knew that was going to happen. I knew that they're going to suspend the stream while we we're doing it because it's Netflix. It is what it is. But the most important thing is we got through what I wanted to show y'all on Netflix for the majority, which was the um, the incident actually take, taking place, which we were able to get through. So that is done. Uh, okay. So what we're going to do now, guys, is we're going to go ahead and continue. You were going to read the Super Chats. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do it after. Later. Okay. Yeah. In case we get taken down again. Uh, see, that's why y'all need to like the goddamn video. Because uh, I told y'all, man, we're risking a lot here. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and back to the timeline here. Okay. Um, so later on, guys, okay, on August 31st, Robert Panetti, Wells' friend and co-worker, dies from what is ruled as an accidental drug overdose okay Sus. and this is him right here okay this is him right here panetti okay okay creepy face yep and we're gonna describe who these other people are in this conspiracy later on okay so let's go back to the timeline so three days later guys so brian wells gets killed which we just showed y'all on the netflix documentary and then his buddy robert panetti is killed three days later then on september 8 2003 investigators pursue the lead about the black men by searching the eerie apartment of a black man whose girlfriend said she knew wells the man is never charged also that black guy um had some experience in the military guys with explosives that's another reason why the fbi went ahead and interviewed him as well so uh, and then also just to let y'all know you guys are probably wondering what ended up happening with this case or, or like what who because obviously the state police responded atf responded fbi responded etc so what ended up happening, guys, whenever you have a case like this that hits multiple jurisdictions and you have multiple agencies involved, um, and in this case, you got a bank robbery, you got explosives, you got, um, uh, you know, obviously state violations uh, going down, right? So the FBI is in charge of doing bank robberies. That is their one of their legacy crimes that they investigate, right? Then the ATF, right? They're called the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives, right? So they also handle explosives. But the FBI handles explosives if it has to do with terrorism. ATF handles uh, ter uh, explosives if it doesn't necessarily deal with terrorism. Most of the time it does deal with terrorism, so the FBI ends up doing it anyway. But you guys get the idea. And then the state police were the main responding agency, and the state also has jurisdiction in doing robberies and crimes like that, right? So in this case, right, especially when you got like a small town like Erie, 
a lot of these guys know each other, right? The FBI agents are friends with the state police, ATF guys. There's probably like two or three FBI agents that work in Erie. There's probably like one or two ATF guys that work in Erie, right? And then you got the state police there. When you're in like these rural towns or whatever, all the law enforcement know each other, knows each other. So there's none of this like weird, stupid, oh, it's my case, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't happen because at the end of the day, everyone is short staffed for manpower. Everyone works together. So it ended up working out where the FBI took the lead in the investigation because at the end of the day, it was a bank robbery. There were explosives involved. And obviously, let's keep it a thousand. It's 2003. It's post-terrorism era. It's, it's the terrorism era, right? Everyone is hoping it's not one of them boys, if you know what I'm saying. Hello, so they're they're obviously going crazy with the with the uh, post 9-11 uh, hysteria. So FBI obviously ends up taking a case. ATF is the co-case um, agency, I guess you would say, right? And they investigate it together. But it ends up being a federal case in in uh, in the beginning, right? So they went ahead and uh, uh, pursued that lead, right? Then <laughs> William A. Rothstein, uh, Marjorie Deal Armstrong's former fiance, dumps one thousand forty pounds of debris at Lakeview. Landfill. Now you guys are probably wondering, who the hell is William Rothstein? I'm wondering what's debris. <laughs> debris. It's like uh, stuff, like a bunch of crap. So here is Rothstein okay. right here, guys. Okay. So quick little background on Rothstein. Okay. Uh, Jewish family comes from Erie, Pennsylvania. His family is very wealthy. They had a cola company back in the day. And Rothstein, right, got picked on a lot because, you know, he's one, one of them boys. And um, uh, his family had quite a bit of money. Uh, Armstrong, right, also comes from money as well. Her father was very successful entrepreneur, I think with real estate, etc. And he had quite a bit of money as well. He had saved up a small fortune. And you guys are going to see here that a big part of the motive of this crime is Marjorie, this crazy ass woman, right? And she was very smart too, by the way. Her and Rothstein both have high IQ, okay? And uh, she has, I think, a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. And then him, he had like tried to become a pilot, but he kind of didn't. He was like a, a habitual failure, Rothstein. He he was really big into pursuing things, very high IQ, very smart. But his problem is that he always thought he was smarter than other people and never finished what he wanted to finish. And he ended up being uh, a failure, to be honest with y'all, in life. Okay. One of those guys that has IQ that thinks he's better than everybody else, but never ends up finishing anything through. And then Armstrong, also very intelligent, but has a bunch of mental disorders, bipolar, narcissistic. Um, violent. She had two husbands, right, that uh, died of weird circumstances. One, she killed because of self-defense, and she shot him six times while he was asleep. Oh, my God. Yep, and she claimed that it was self-defense. And she ended up getting off, too, by the way. Failed justice system. All right, back in the 80s. And then another husband died from allegedly um, falling and hitting his head on the table, if you know what I'm saying. So she has two dead, one dead boyfriend, one dead ex-husband, and then Rothstein, right, who she had been seeing, um, they were kind of having a falling out. Hence why Rothstein calls the police, okay, and says that he has um, a body, right, in a freezer, which we're going to, I could go ahead and play the Netflix clip on that as well for y'all. Hopefully we don't get canceled. Um, so, and this is right here on September 20th, 2003. So, he calls, uh, he calls 911 to report that the body of James Roden, Deal Armstrong's boyfriend, is stuffed in a freezer in Rothstein's uh, garage. He blames Deal Armstrong. And just so you guys know, Roden is, where is he? This guy right here, okay? Um, 
Roden is is her boyfriend at the time. So that's three dudes that are I dead should... because of this woman. I let you lay. All right. I let you lay. Yeah. So so just to get this straight, so this woman right here. Okay, this woman right here, she has a dead husband. Okay, that allegedly hit his head and died. Mysterious purposes, right? That's one dead. Sus. Second. She shoots and kills her boyfriend, shooting him six times while he's asleep on the couch. Self-defense. Super sus. And then the third is this guy, Rodin, right, who um, Rothstein says was killed. James Rodin was killed by Armstrong uh, as well. And he claims that he, she shot him with a shotgun in the back of the head because he, one, was threatening her. And then another situation is he knew too much information. You guys are going to see here when we talk about too much information we talk about the conspiracy but let's go ahead and play that 911 call okay, okay. Uh, let's go ahead and play that 911 call here for a second for y'all that Rothstein actually called into the police there she's a hoe <laughs> what they someone, say someone said there she's a hoe <laughs> yeah go ahead. yeah she a 304 for sure she's a crazy 304 too always hold on one second guys all right, let me go to self-defense when he was sleeping. Yeah, that's, that's yep, crazy. Yep, that is wild, right? Mm. Yeah, it was at the end of this episode, I remember. Hoodie might on giving out. Okay, three weeks after Brian Wells' death. Okay, this 911 call comes in, guys. All right, so uh, let's get into it. I'm only going to play a portion of it so we don't get hit with the thing again on Netflix because, you know, they're haters. There's a frozen body. It's in the freezer in the garage. 45 P Street in the garage. Okay, so that's Rothstein calling into 911. Ooh, Peach Street. He says at 80, 8645 P Street in the garage, there's a frozen body. There's a frozen body. It's in the freezer in the garage. There's a woman there that you might want to pick up in question. 8645 P Street? Yes. How do you know that, sir? Trust me, I know. Who are you? I'm the guy who lives there. <laughs> oh, man. I'm the guy that lives there. That's how I know. That's how I know, woman. And, it, and that's the address that was on the note, right? Huh? That's the address that was on the note. It was uh, one of the, I think it was, no, no, it was not the address that was put on the note, but it was Peach Street. It wasn't mm -hmm. that particular address. Okay. But you're going to see here the link here in a second. I'm going to show y'all. Okay, boom, look at that, guys. 8645 Peach Street, that's Rothstein's house. And then this is where Brian Wells delivered the pizza. Coincidence? Sauce. And here it is right here. Literally, guys, right down the street. And just so y'all know, 8645 Peach Street, right? Which is now a chiropractor's office. How far away is it? L literally yeah. like like a couple hundred yards probably. Okay. Because this right here, guys, is a um, a dead end. Okay? So it would make sense that they would make him drive all the way in here, right? And then that's where, you know, the situation happened where the collar was put on his neck, um, etc. And we're going to talk about who was there and greeted him and put the collar on his neck here in a little bit. But before I do... I need y'all to like the goddamn video. We got um, 997 of y'all watching right now on YouTube. Come on over to YouTube if you guys uh, don't mind. Go ahead and uh, watch on YouTube and watch at Twitch at the same time and like the video on YouTube. Let's get this thing engagement up. 
uh, like I said before, because YouTube is already uh, hating uh, in this case. <clears throat> so let's see here. And what is her name? Marjorie Deal, D-I-E-H-L. Okay. And this woman is crazy, guys. Marjorie Deal is at that residence now? Yes. Who is she to you, sir? Uh, I'll give you guys my story later on. <laughs> yeah, you don't even want to. You don't even want to go into it. Like, yeah, this chick is crazy. Just so you guys know, it's basically his his girlfriend. That's his house, right? His childhood home. But she was living there at the time. Okay, and she was had a bunch of bad habits, man. She was a pack rat. The house was literally disgusting. I'm gonna show you all some pictures from the search warrant that they did. And there's a frozen body in the freezer. In the garage, that is correct. Do you know who the person is in the freezer? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I just pinned the Twitch link, you guys, so you have it there. Yeah, you guys chat. got it there just in case they try to hate on us again. So we're going to go ahead and type it. Um, Peach Street. Um, what was I going to show y'all? The Peach Street. Oh, yeah. Search warrant. Search warrant. Uh, yes. Marjorie. I spelled it wrong, but y'all. Yeah, yeah, okay. the hell you think you're gonna, you're gonna find it like that why don't you put like her last name yeah uh armstrong there is. She's yeah that's sleepy. her yeah her house was all fucked up guys the the usa versus deal no that's not what i care okay yeah just take my word for it it was literally like disgusting let me see here if we can uh go back and they show parts of it oh the, the house huh yeah the house okay. let me see Always if i can bothered. find it what was that let me see if i can find no it no yeah yeah find it for me um and then share it on your screen okay so we're gonna go ahead on to this documentary here guys true crime central here and we'll go back to the netflix one here in a bit but let's go ahead when ross stein calls in okay we're gonna fast forward here named William Rothstein calls police about a random jigsaw. When a local Erie resident named William Rothstein calls police about a random murder committed by his ex-girlfriend, detectives start to think that the body he reported in the freezer isn't so random after all. And keep in mind, guys, it's the body of James Roden who showed before who was her third man that's pretty much died under her watch well, i got a call from marjorie and uh, she said that uh, she had a problem and she needed me to help clean it up uh, can you please give us marjorie's full name marjorie deal armstrong okay, please continue she told me that she had had a fight with her boyfriend james Rowe, and had shot him in the back with a shotgun rostin tells police the man in the freezer was Jim Roden, who was the current boyfriend of Marjorie Deal Armstrong. But why would Marjorie want to kill her boyfriend, Jim Roden? And why did she solicit help from her ex, William Rothstein? The place was a mess. I mean, blood was everywhere. And 
she wanted me to clean it up and dispose of the body. Why would you come forward now to confess all this? I'll have to admit, she did pay me $70,000. Ah, haters. Haters coming. Haters coming again. I knew that was coming. All right, so now we know that this True Crime Central is also going to be lame, which is fine. It's all good. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and read the chats. Don't worry, guys. I know some of y'all are freaking out right now. I see y'all on YouTube going wild. Don't worry about it. It's going to come back. Haters will hate. They could try, but they can't stop us. Guys can still hear you on you on the stream, but they can't see you. No, no, no. They, uh, so basically what happens is YouTube takes it down. It says stream suspended, LOL. Okay. Um, but what ends up happening is it comes back, and when you play it back, it plays. Um, but it's because they think that it's copy. It's it's weird. The way YouTube operates is gay. They yeah that too, uh, definitely. <laughs> gay. But if they think it's copyrighted material, they'll just like automatically like suspend the stream just be to out of an abundance of caution, even if they know it is or is it or they don't know. So anyway, uh, 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 let's go ahead and uh, read some of these chats that came through. Shout out to all you guys for all the support. And like I said before, like the video, subscribe to the channel because I already know that they about to hate. I'm just, all I know is I'm just gonna have to, you know, stop the stream a little bit more. You for... got the the link to the Twitch, you guys. It's banned on the chat. Yes, 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 yes. Go okay. ahead and go on, come on over to Twitch, guys. I knew this was gonna happen. Uh, let's see here. Um, I'll go through these chats real fast. Thank you guys so much for donating. I really appreciate it. Um, I really do. Uh, let's see here. Ka goes. If you're reading this, like the video. Yes, like the video. Um, love all your content, Myron. That's from Cali209. I appreciate that greatly, my friend. Uh, Dicot, wow, y'all are hilarious. Hi, Key, didn't want to arrest the Tates, but we NATO, so the M U.S. Embassy was on our ass. Forgive me. <laughs> the fuck, bro? Oh, my God. You guys are funny. Uh, this reminds me of the Black Mirror episode, Shut Up and Dance. The writer probably got the inspiration from, the, from this case. Probably. Uh, not Whitey Bulger. James P. Bulger was a two-year-old killed by two 10-year-old by two boys. Massive case in the U.K. Angie, I've watched every Fed video. Oh, Thank okay. you. Okay, I'm okay. writing it down. Hang on. Hang on. Okay. Jared Choi, five bucks. Told you, and we're back on YouTube. We're back. We're back. Um, yeah. So, guys, the way I'm gonna have to do this is I'm gonna have to just um, I'll go ahead and play this documentary from this channel. I just gotta, you know, <clears throat> basically pause it often and give commentary and shit like that. So, you guys are gonna hear more insight from me. So, uh, let's keep going here. We're back on YouTube. Shout out to all my Twitch ninjas, by the way. We got uh, for, almost 1,400 you guys watching between all the platforms. So that's great. Um, but do me a favor, guys, because I'm gonna have to take this down on on Twitch, because uh, it's not fresh and fit to be honest with y'all. But I already knew to preemptively to prepare. So go ahead and do me a solid. Come on over to YouTube, watch it on YouTube. Keep two tabs open, like the video on YouTube, so you can get pushed more in the algo because they're definitely trying to hate. But hey, I knew this. I knew that doing this episode was gonna cause some problems. But hey, I want to do it right. Give y'all the, the documentaries and the sauce that are the best. And uh, yeah, let's just go from there. Is this the house of the crazy lady? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So, yeah, just hit share screen on your stream yard. And, okay. uh, yeah, you know how to do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me one second. Okay. You got to do it by share screen, though, not share screen. Easier. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Move your stream yard to the other one. I think it's this one. Um, well, is there so anything the, else you want to add? So the police bring him in and ask him questions, right? Uh, 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 oh, there you go. Okay, so this is a picture, guys, of her house. Which, as y'all can see, is freaking disgusting. Hit Control Plus a few times, Angie, so they can see. She was a literal pack rat. When they did the search at her house, Ew. she had uh, cats that were malnourished and animals. 
and there was feces everywhere. Scroll down. Ew. She had Diet Coke bottles everywhere. Uh, I don't know if there's another one. It's, I think this is just that's like it. This one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, y'all get an idea of how disgusting this woman was. Yeah. Again, I mean, L. L. Woman. <laughs> so let's go back to the timeline real fast. Um. Okay. So Erie police charged Dale Armstrong and Roden's death. Allegedly, she fatally shot him in her East Seventh Street house in Erie sometime before August twenty eighth, and then helped move the body to Rothstein's Upper Peach Street house south of Interstate ninety, a Summit Township. Near Erie and Southern Erie County, uh, Erie County. So, guys, get this straight. She killed her boyfriend James Roden before um, your guy Brian Wells was killed with the bomb. So she killed him first, the boyfriend, this dude right here. Okay, and they were able to preserve the body by putting him in the freezer. And when they did the autopsy, they saw that he had got shot in the in the head with a shotgun. His body was all fucked up. All right, let's go back to uh, to the doc here. Well, I just want everybody to know that I had nothing to do with this Brian Wells case. Brian Wells, you mean the color bomber? It seems very strange. So he comes in immediately, and what does he do? Oh, I don't have anything to do with this case. So what does he do, man? He's smart. He comes to the police first because he knows at some point, right, the feds are involved, FBI is involved, ATS involved, the state police is involved, the Erie, the county police. Everyone and their mom was investigating this case. This was big, guys. This is FBI Major Case 203, by the way. Okay? This was all over the news. And again, this is 2003, post-9-11 era, where terrorism was the number one priority. So he knew at some point, yo, they're going to trace this bomb back to me. Even though he had dumped 1,000 uh, pounds, it looks like, right? If we go back to the timeline here. He had dumped a bunch of debris, right? Uh, 1,000 pounds of debris at Lakeview Landfill. And again... A witness saw him do this, okay? So, this right here, very sus. So he's trying to get ahead of it. Police, that this man being questioned about something completely different would just offhandedly mention, this doesn't have anything to do with the man with the collar bomb. So why don't you tell us that now? It only draws our suspicion to you that you might be somehow involved with this case as well. Are you involved? The FBI wants to keep a close eye on Rothstein. He is arrested. Also, interesting thing. So the, the state investigators interviewed him first, guys, right? And then the FBI asked, hey, can we interview this guy as well? Because they were certain that Rothstein was linked to the Brian Wells case with the bomb. Why? Well, because of this right here, my friends. If you guys look here, right? Look at his house in relation to where Brian Wells went to go deliver those two pepperoni pizzas. Literally a few hundred yards, okay? So they thought, yo, this is a town of Erie. This is too, you know, we don't believe in coincidences here. This doesn't make sense. Now, with that said, the police at this time, right, the state police were the ones interviewing Rothstein as a murder case. Why? Because he called in saying, hey, uh, I got this body in the fridge. I want to cooperate and help y'all out. So <clears throat> they're looking at it as a homicide. But once the FBI got wind that, this guy called into 911 and he lived so close to where the pizza guy had delivered. They're like, no, 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 no. This is, this, is not, this is not a coincidence. So the FBI shows up, the case agent, Jerry Clark, right? Who is uh, this guy right here, matter of fact. I'll go ahead and show y'all real fast. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Jerry Clark. Jerry Clark. 
There he is, right here. Came right up. Oh, he's a PhD now. Okay, this is Jerry Clark. This is the FBI agent that did the case, right? When Jerry Clark went in to go interview him, the first thing that this ass clown told him, Rothstein, was, oh, uh, I'm the smartest guy in this room. <laughs> and the agent, right, what does he do? He looks around, he's like, well, it's only me and you in here. So, okay, I guess you're the smartest guy in the room. It's not like my wife hasn't told me that before. Ha, 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 right? <laughs> now, obviously, that's a very smart technique, right? When you got narcissistic criminals like this that want to go ahead and think that they're the smartest in the room and blah, 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 you appease to their ego so that they're more comfortable talking to you. Because as soon as you walk in, and, you know, mind you, he had been interviewed by the state police. Now an FBI comes in, uh, FBI agent comes in. Oh, Jerry Clark, FBI, blah, blah, blah. What does he say? He wants to try to assert dominance. I'm the smartest guy in this room. Ho, ho, ho. Because he thinks by him going to the police first, right, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's getting himself out of the conspiracy to a degree, right? Because you guys are going to see here that this guy, Rothstein, was definitely involved in this situation, all right? To a heavy extent, by the way. Shout out to Mo that's watching the stream. Shout out to Mo. And charged with abuse of a corpse. And the local news picks up the story. So... So that's a slap on the wrist. He only gets charged with abuse of a corpse versus murder, conspiracy, or any of the other federal charges that the police are trying to put on him. Anytime you have a big media presence and people just want to know about this case, you can use that to your advantage. And that's what the investigators did. The news story prompts a witness to come forward with information. The tipster tells police he saw William Rothstein using a public payphone on the same day Brian Wells died. Oh, here we go. Shit's about to get real. I'm going to show you guys that payphone here in a second. All right. And when police checked the phone's records, they learned that a call was in fact placed to Mamma Mia's pizzeria on the day in question. Gotcha, motherfucker. Gotcha, bitch. So he did place the call over to Mamma Mia Pizzeria. Okay. And I'm going to show y'all real quick where they made the call from. Uh, right here. This is the payphone booth where the call to Mamma Mia's was made in order to, uh, to order the two pizzas that were to be delivered by Brian Wells. Okay. And this was at a shell station, guys, located right here. It's closed now. Right. But let me enlarge this for y'all real fast. All these stupid ads. Okay, this now closed shell gas station at the intersection of Peach Street and Robinson Road is where Marjorie Deal Armstrong and William Rothstein used the payphone to place an order for a pizza, which will be delivered by Brian Wells on August 28, 2003. And this witness, guys, worked for UPS. Okay, so I think he was on a delivery route. Maybe he was gassing up or whatever. But he saw, clear as day, Marjorie, okay, Armstrong, this chick, and this guy, Rothstein, at that shell gas station, all right? Um, at that Shell gas station, placing a phone call, right? And he remembers because he saw, he walked into Marjorie um, and saw her. He saw her face. And then also, he knew it was Rothstein because Rothstein likes to wear overalls, okay? Where he, has the, he always wears these goddamn overalls, which you're going to see right here. Even in his mugshot photo, he has it on. He always wears these overalls. So he knew it was them right away. And Rothstein's a big guy. You can't miss him, right? He's a well over six feet tall. And then Marjorie, she has that look of death on her face. And she purposely, guys, would shave her eyebrows to make herself look more crazy so she can, she can appeal to, um, to the insane claim. Uh, this woman was not stupid, right? She was mentally crazy, but she was not stupid, all right? 
So that witness got them dead to rights and saw them there with the payphone. And I know some of you guys are probably laughing in the chat like, wait, what, what are you talking about, payphone? What? Yes, guys, back in 2003. What the fuck? People used payphones. Not everyone had a cell phone back then, okay? It was very common to use a payphone, all right? Pizzeria, can I help you? When they asked William Rothstein, were you on the payphone? He admits, yeah, I used the same. Gotcha, bitch. He admits that he was on the phone. Why? Because the eyewitness placed him there, positively identified him and Marjorie. Same payphone that day. Then a second witness comes forward saying they saw Rothstein at the local dump a few days before his arrest. Oh, got you again. They got him at the dump right here. When? On September 13th. Okay. Bill Rothstein was seen at the landfill dumping over a thousand pounds of something into the waste at the landfill. What this says to invest. My speculation, guys, is that what he dumped was materials used to make the bomb. Okay. Because he knew if oh, I'm going to make man. this bomb, I need to get rid of all the tools, all, again. all the materials again. Mm. Yeah, well, it's fine. L, 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 YouTube. L, 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 YouTube. It's fine. L. They, they, they could, uh, we'll hit the chat. Uh, we'll hit the chats again. I, I'm prepared. So it's okay. We're straight, man. Don't worry. Shout out to all the Twitch ninjas watching right now. Um, okay, I'll hit the chats and then we'll get back into it. Uh, let's see here. Jared Choi. Okay, cool. Um, Angie, don't forget to unmark the ones that we already read. Okay. That's fine. I'm yes, I'm on some it. of them right now. Okay, Kika, Kika AD8 goes, uh, appreciate y'all, appreciate that. Sparky Note goes, also, Myron, what are the best crypto you invest in? I want to spread uh, over more. Um, dude, I just get Ethereum and Bitcoin. I don't buy anything else at this point. Uh, those are the most stable coins, so I just get those two. Um, if you want to go, you should get in the crypto. Oh, well, it's too late now. I think they're already, it's already closed. Uh, well, I guess get in it in the next time. But me personally, I always just buy Ethereum and, and Bitcoin. Nowadays, I just buy Ethereum. Uh, Jonathan Hogu, that's Cap. That Geo Metro couldn't drive 60 miles per hour? Probably not, bro. Uh, please tell Chris to unban me from the Super Chats. I promise I won't, won't make fun of whales anymore. Leprechaun. Did he ban you? Bro, I mean, it's always funny when you guys make fun of the fat girls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it always is funny. Uh, you guys should also cover Columbine. Uh, you know what? We probably should. That was the first big school shooting, actually, in American history that I can remember. I'm going to write uh, That down. was back in 1999. They blamed do. Eminem and Marilyn Manson for that one. So, uh, yeah. Columbine? Yeah. Columbine. That, that's a, that's, that's shooting. one okay. of the first major school shootings. Uh, Ikramudin Zwayne uh, goes, how was he supposed to follow those instructions under that pressure? That was devil plus demon time. Absolutely, my friend. Definitely. I agree. And again, like I said before, the police actually tried it and could not do it, man. So um, he was destined to die that day, that We're guys. Back. We're back. Mm -hmm. Shout out to all the ninjas on YouTube. We are back on YouTube, guys. Um, again, uh, guys, do me a favor. Like the video on YouTube because like I said before, they're trying to, they're trying to silence us, but it's okay. I got y'all. <laughs> they can't stop us. Okay. Um, uh, let's see here. We got here. So let's go back to the timeline, right? So September 24, 2003, police and federal agents questioned Rothstein about the Wells case. He says he may have used the payphone that was the source of the final phone call to Wells. Yeah, may have. You mean you definitely did, buddy. Uh, Mid-March 2004, so you fast forward about a year later, 
And Neil Armstrong, who suffers from a bipolar disorder, is transformed from the Erie County Prison to Mayview State Hospital near Pittsburgh for a long-term psychiatric evaluation in the Rodin case. She's off limits to investigators while at Mayview because of her mental state. Okay, then you fast forward to July 30, 2004. Ross Stein, 60, dies of cancer. He says nothing about the Wells case to investigators who question him on his deathbed. Now, also, I want to make that very, uh, very clear here for y'all. So when he got um, diagnosed with cancer, right, and the investigators went over and talked to him, Jerry Clark and the other guy from ATF, they went to go try to talk to him on his deathbed. They said, hey, you know, listen, you're going to go, come clean. Were you involved in this Wells case? And he goes ahead, because he's, he's too weak to talk, he writes on a piece of paper, a big no. And obviously the you know investigators ceased the questioning at that time. He wouldn't want to admit to it. And he ended up dying and taking the secrets with him to the grave. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue on with the timeline. Uh, <clears throat> then, January 7, 2005, Armstrong pleads guilty but mentally ill to third-degree murder in Rodin's death in Erie County Court and is sentenced to 7 to 20 years in a state prison. Now, she obviously does this as a plea deal, guys, because she knew uh, that if she pled guilty, right, and, and again, Rothstein had provided a, multi a bunch of evidence to prove that she was the shooter and killed Rodin and asked him to help her with disposing of the body. But he didn't want to go through with it because at that point, I think he knew he would have got caught if he was uh, participating. So he did two things. He implicated her in that murder, and he distanced himself from the Wells case. I think it was a two-pronged attack from him to uh, avoid detection from police. And he knew he was dying. So he went that route, right? Next, March 16, 2005, Deal Armstrong is transferred from Mayview to State Correctional Institution at Muncie, okay? Uh, April 20th and May 23rd, 2005, the main investigators in the Wells case, John Cl Jerry Clark, who I showed you all before, of the FBI, and Jason Wick of the ATF, interviewed Deal Armstrong. She talks about Rothstein but refuses to answer questions, okay? So she starts being a pain in the ass, guys. She doesn't want to answer questions. You know, I need y'all to move me and transfer me to another center. She wanted to be closer to her attorney because her attorney was complaining about driving to her all the time. So she's trying to play hardball with the investigators, right? So Clark and Wick, again, these are the two, the ATF and FBI agents, right? Interview Armstrong at the state prison at Cambridge Springs. According to the FBI, she says she killed Raiden Rodin, sorry, to silence him in the well spot plot. And she says she never spoke in detail about his killing because she feared it would implicate her in the Wells case. Well, obviously, duh. And she will go down for first degree murder. But at this point, she had already pled guilty. She was serving time for that. So obviously, double jeopardy. They can't come and get after her now for first degree murder, which is what she deserved to get. But she didn't end up getting, okay? Because of her... This woman is on demon time, as y'all can see. Because of her mental issues? Yes. So she was able, again, shaving her eyebrows, trying to make herself look crazy, and she was able to get away with it, right? Uh, in the summer of 2003, she says she gave Rothstein kitchen timers, integral components to the collar bomb, and was a quarter of a mile from the bank robbery site when Wells was killed. Armstrong first raised the possibility of immunity during the interview. She kept talking and never ended up getting a deal. She would later dispute the FBI's version of her statements. Guys! This is key. Why? Well, if you guys look at the bomb, which I'm going to show you guys here real fast. Actually, you know what? Let me see if I have the evidence here, if they have it. The reason why this is key, guys. You don't have a picture of the bomb? Oh, yeah. This was from... Oh, this is from Ken Barnes' house. Okay, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Whose house is this one from? 
Bill Ross. Okay, this was Bill Rothstein's house, guys. So, uh, terrible. These dudes were all messy fucks. Oh, and here's the picture that uh, Angie showed before. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. So this is the bomb, right? After it detonated. Right? You can see two sticks of uh, two sticks of dynamite. Right? One got blew up. And then you can see two timers right here. Let me enlarge this for y'all real quick so you guys can see what I'm talking about here. You know what? It's not enlarging the way I want. You know what? Here. I got you right now. What was this bomb? It was on his neck. Brian Wells. Oh, it's the same one? Yeah, it's the same one. Uh oh, I see because you had like I'm trying to show box. yeah, I'm trying to show you guys the the I, replica I, version of it, which the guy had in a Netflix video. But I'm trying to get like a, a nice big one for y'all real fast. Okay. Is it not this okay, you passed it. See, because it had two timers and I want to show y'all that one. Okay, you know what? We're going to go back to Netflix right here. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> where the bomb squad guy had it because he, he shows it. He shows it when they arrive on scene. I think it's like forward. Oh, right here. Okay. Bam. Okay. Person at the scene, it, it was evident that he was deceased at that point. suspect still had part of the device secured to his neck yeah, i'm gonna mute it real quick so we don't get hit with that copyright is bad let's see here let's see they better not hit stream suspended i'm gonna be mad as hell where the fuck <laughs> god damn this is a pain in the ass i think it's off forward Mary. oh okay there we go Okay, bam. All right. There it is okay, right there. It's not forward. Okay. Then. Okay. Um, here, let me turn the subtitles off so y'all can see that better. Okay. Here it is right here, guys. So you can see here, there was a phone, the phone. two sticks of dynamite, and these two clocks here, right? And let me enlarge this real fast so you can see this. These two clocks right here. So this is why this is so important, okay? Because these two clocks were provided by Armstrong to Rothstein. Rothstein, guys, was the one that built this bomb. Okay. He was a handyman. He's very good with building stuff and uh, very um, sadistic, as y'all can clearly see. But he needed timers. Marjorie, a.k.a. Armstrong, was the one that provided him with these timers. Now, he put a cell phone in here. He had a bunch of decoys in here that had nothing to do with the situation. It was actually these two timers that set off the bomb. This one was a decoy. But these two were provided by her. And the reason why this was so important, guys, is because it had not been released to the media that there were two timers in the, uh, in the bomb. And she was able to specifically name the brand of the bombs. Sorry, the brand of the, of the timers. Kitchen timer, basically for cooking timers is what, the, what she used. Okay? So that was what effectively tied her to the conspiracy in the initial stages, all right? So let's go ahead and continue on here with uh, the timeline. July 19th and 20th, 2005. Clark and Wick, oh, let me show you all this. Okay, 
Clark and Wick interview Floyd A. Um, J. Stock, uh, Floyd A. J. Stockton Jr. Rothstein's housemate at the time, Wells, was killed. He says Rothstein and Armstrong were involved in the bank robbery and bomb plot because they needed money. Guys, this is very important. Now, you guys are probably wondering, who the fuck is Stockton? Well, Stockton is this guy right here, okay? Convicted uh, grapist, okay, out of Washington State. So after this went down, guys, right, after Wells was killed, Rothstein told Stockton, hey, bro, get the hell out of town, okay? You need to get out of town because there's a bunch of shit going on. We're going to have problems. Get out of town. So Stockton got the hell out of there, right? At the time, he was bumming off in Rothstein's house, just chilling, and he was a fugitive on the run. So Marjorie, what does she do? She tells the FBI about this Stockton guy that had been at the house at the time during this whole situation. That's how the police got wind of him in the first place. And then when they went to go talk to him, he goes ahead and admits that um, that Armstrong was involved and Rothstein in, in the situation, obviously in exchange for less time. All right. So August 11th, 18th, and uh, August 11th, 18th, and September 13th, 2005, Clark and Wick interview Kenneth uh, E. Barnes, Deal Armstrong, uh, Armstrong's fishing buddy. He says Armstrong, before Wells, was killed soliciting uh, killed, solicited him to kill her father to stop her father from spending her inheritance. Okay, now who is Kenneth E. Barnes? Well, this is him right here, guys. Kenneth Barnes is this guy, okay? Kenneth Barnes is a drug dealer and somewhat pimp to whores in the area of Erie. He's a crack cocaine dealer, okay? Drug dealer in general, small-time drug dealer, selling drugs to a lot of prostitutes. Why is this important? Because he sells drugs to this girl right here. Jessica Hoopsick, okay? This woman was a prostitute. And guess who she was banging? This guy right here, Brian Wells. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Bumbaka. So, yeah, man. So, Bumbaka. So now you can see, guys, that this is all coming together, okay? So Barnes, okay, is friends with Armstrong. They go fishing, talk shit, etc. And Armstrong tells him that I, she needs her father killed. Well, Barnes is like, okay, I could do it. And he claims that he was just kidding around or whatever and says, oh, yeah, I'll do it. But I want $250,000 to do it. And she's like, okay, done. He's like, okay, well, uh, if you really want me to kill him, I need $100,000 up front. So she's like, okay, let's go ahead, rob this bank, okay, get the money from the bank. I pay Barnes. He kills my dad. Then we're all sitting pretty with money. Also, keep in mind, guys, at the time, Rothstein had that house on Peach Street, okay, that Armstrong was staying at. He had it on the market for $250,000. Coincidence? I think not. He The mar the house was only worth about $100,000 back then in 03, but he wanted $250,000 for it, okay? So you can see here that he had issues with his estate. She wanted her father killed so that she could get her inheritance. And then this guy just basically wanted money in general because he had a drug problem, alcohol problem, and was a drug dealer, okay? And then he was selling crack to Hoopsick, who was banging Brian Wells, all right? And then this guy, Panetti, worked with Brian Wells in the pizza shop. However, he was just a drug addict and died from an overdose, okay? They couldn't really link him to, uh, to the entire conspiracy. And then Stockton was housemates with Rothstein, okay, guys? So that is, in general, 
the um the cons the, the the links between all the individuals in this conspiracy so okay. this lady just literally like gave out his name to uh, like brian swells to this drug dealer yes yeah, so what happened was they rothstein armstrong and barnes mm -hmm. wanted to rob thing. the bank but they didn't want to rob it themselves yeah, so course. they came up with this plan with the neck bomb right the collar bomb mm -hmm. so they asked hoopsick or bonds or barnes asked hoopsick hey who do you think we can get to do this and she says well you guys can go ahead and bring brian wells he's kind of a pushover he's kind of a pussy why because this guy would simp on her he would buy her groceries buy her food hang out with her family she was one of his johns but he would like treat her kind of like a girlfriend which is uh very uh you know you stupid but it is what it is but she knew that he was a simp and a trick so what did she do she lined him up for ken barnes okay now there's a you know speculation that brian wells was involved in the conspiracy and that he knew what was going on it's just that he didn't know that the bomb was real they told him that the bomb was fake that he would be able to escape without getting issues because he's a hostage in the situation um after looking at all the evidence i think that he didn't know personally um and hoopsick actually comes out in a documentary and says that he didn't know and i'll show you guys that clip here right now if y'all want let me sh boom she confesses that she was the one that brought him on uh in the situation okay so hopefully i don't get hit with youtube here real quick uh before i do this though uh, we got a couple of chats that came through. Okay, guys, do me a favor. Like the video. We're going to go ahead and play this clip for y'all at the risk of potentially getting kicked off YouTube again. But let's do it! And he was a good guy. And in a steady, strong... I could do this to somebody who I cared about. She lined him up. My name is Jessica Hoopsick. I'm a friend of Brian Wells, and I'm ready to tell the real story now. And mind you, just so you guys know, right, um, the person that made this documentary had tried to interview her before, right after the trial, and she said no, right? So what ends up happening is she gets arrested for a drug charge, and she goes to jail. Guess who she ends up in jail with? Next to her, her favorite person, a.k.a. Marjorie um, Armstrong, this girl right here, right? She gets in jail with the crazy one. So Marjorie knows that Hoopstick had testified in court against her, okay, for the federal case. So what does she do? She tracks her down and corners her at the yard and tells her, I'm going to whoop your ass, I'm going to kill you, blah, 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 all this shit, right? So now Hoopstick is like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and finally give the documentary uh a shot i'm gonna talk to you guys to tell you all the real story because there's a bunch of contention if wells was actually involved in this conspiracy and for obvious reasons she didn't want to say uh give her side of the story because it makes her look really bad but at least she came forward and told the truth um which i i do believe her in this case because this doesn't make her look good so i i think she more than likely this is the truth that she lined him up I want people to know that he was innocent. And that he was a good guy.
And she ended up having a kid later, guys. And she claims that it's uh, Brian Wells' kid, which is a... I don't know what's worse, uh, having a kid with a prostitute or smashing a prostitute raw. But that's a whole other discussion, I guess. Ew. Yeah. fast forward this okay so she's talking about ken barnes here he wanted me to find a gopher to rob a bank for him need to find a go again and this is who she's talking about right here just to put a picture to the name this guy ken barnes right here and she knows ken barnes because he sells her crack cocaine guys all right for to rob the bank for him he wanted somebody who they could scare into doing this that would not run that would not call the cops they said that it wasn't going to be real. It was just going to be a scare tactic to scare him into going to rob the bank. Oh, yeah, sure. It's not going to be real. It's it's going to be just a scare tactic, man. Stop the cap. So y'all can see the diabolical plan, plan here. So they want to rob the bank. They want to get the money so that Marjorie, right, again, to piece this together for you guys, right, I know this is a complex situation. So Ross Stein, Armstrong and Barnes plan to rob the bank. Armstrong has a big inheritance that she's her father has that she thinks she's entitled to, right? Which we're going to get into that in a little bit as well. So she hires Barnes to kill her father. However, Barnes wants $100,000 down payment and $250,000 to do the hit. So she says, let's rob the bank for $250,000. I'll give you the money. You kill my dad. We're all going to get money. We're all going to be sitting pretty. You'll be able to deal with your estate. I'll be rich. And Barnes, you can be rich as well and get all the crack whores that you want, right? So Barnes is like, okay, well, I don't want to rob the bank. That's a lot of Fed time. He had been done. He had been arrested before for drug trafficking. So and he's not stupid. He knows it's a federal charge automatically for robbing a bank. So yo, let's get an idiot that'll rob the bank for us that we won't necessarily be able to trace back. So let's go ahead and get somebody random. Let's get the fucking pizza guy. So Rothstein, right, goes ahead. Rothstein goes ahead. And uh, builds the bomb, okay? Concocts the plan with Armstrong. And here's Barnes right here. And they use this dumb prostitute to lure this guy um, to the pizza spot where they made the phone call. Where? You guys remember? Right here from the Shell station. So they had him set up the whole time and sent him to an address that they knew was going to be rural and deserted and no one else would be there. Who put the, the collar on his neck? It was... Uh, the person that put the collar on his neck, good question, was Stockton. Okay. Stockton put the collar on his neck. So when he arrived at the location, he was met by Barnes, Armstrong, Rothstein, and Stockton. Okay? She wasn't there. She just was the one that said that this is the guy that you want. He worked at this mm -hmm. pizza spot, and, right? And Brian Wells was paying this girl to have sex. Yes. She was a woman that he yeah. would see uh, fairly often. Oh, another reason, too, which you guys are going to see here in a second why he was not involved in the conspiracy, which Hoopstick is going to talk about, which I won't disclose. But, so he gets to the location and these four are meet, meet him. They offered me $5,000. I was high for about three days and I called Kenny and told him, can you give me some money now if I tell you this guy's name? And he said, well, I can give you some, some crack now. And I said, okay, so. Ew. Ew, 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 ew. I went down there and I said, well, I know this guy, Brian. I said, and he's, you know, you, he's a pushover. You could probably use him. He's a pushover. You can use him. 
I um, set it up for the next week to bring Brian over there. So I brought Brian over there. Then okay. So this house right here is Brian uh, is um, this is Ken, uh, Ken Barnes. Okay. Crack house. Okay. Ken Barnes guys operated pretty much like a stash house slash crack house slash whorehouse. Okay. Um, and this address is right here. Um, God damn it. Where did I put it? Oh, right here. 617 Perry Street. Okay, guys, this is the address where um, Hoopsick brought Brian and Ken Barnes was able to get a look at him, right? She made it look like it's, oh, yeah, I'm just bringing my John here so that we can smash. But the real reason she brought him over there was so that Ken Barnes can size him up, get an idea who we, who he was, and then, bam, they'd plot to call the pizza shop and get him to that secluded location over there on Peach Street over here which we talked about earlier, uh, right here, okay? So that's the real reason she brought him to that address. And if you guys are wondering, the FBI, right, which I went ahead and got the search warrant for y'all, ended up doing a search at this house to get evidence, okay? I, Gerald C. Clark Jr., being duly sworn to pose and stay, I'm a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, blah, 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 and he goes and says, I love me, which if you guys watch Fed it, I explain how affidavits are written for y'all, right? And this is the affidavit uh, as far as like how they searched the information that they got to search the home. Okay. Right. You can see here that they've done some interviews with confidential informant one. Okay. They has been acquainted with Ken Barnes for approximately seven, eight years. Confidential one and uh, uh, confidential informant one uh, indicated that Barnes considers him to be a close associate and trusted CI. Right. And then he gave information on the house. Like I tell you before, anytime you see a search warrant for a home, it means a CI is involved. Right. Um, and then they go ahead and put a certain criminal history in there because you have to do that, right? Because you got to show how dependent or undependent the um, person is. Talk more about the informant, right? And they wrote all this to basically get a search warrant, right, for the house. Um, let's talk to him on several. Okay, so they had two CIs, all right? And then also they take an interview for Marjorie Deal Armstrong on July 5th, 2005. She indicated that on the day of the bank robbery, she was a cellular telephone that was not hers. However, previously on May 19th, 2005, uh, Deal Armstrong told another inmate at the State Correctional Institute at Muncie, a cooperating witness, that William Rothstein had eight to 10 cellular telephones in different names and that she used one of the cell phones to call Rothstein during the robbery. In light of Barnes' previous statements concerning his knowledge and involvement with Marjorie Deal in the bank robbery and the death of Bryant Wells and his concern that investigators may have seized the cellular telephone in his residence, there is probable cause for investigators to search and seize this item and search its contents. The cellular telephone number can be compared to cellular telephone tower data from August 28, 2003, which has been, can, has been obtained by investigators to determine whether the cellular telephone was utilized on the date in the vicinity of the cellular telephone to tower servicing the area in which the collar bomb incident took place, and the contents of the cellular telephone can be retrieved for analysis of any further connection Barnes has with this case okay so they were they went ahead and got a search warrant signed by the judge right on may 5th 2006 and then this guy's okay i got y'all again i got the actual search warrant right that shows what they got out of the house again this is ken barnes's house guys okay like the goddamn video all right um and y'all can see here right that this was uh the actual search warrant Right, that was given to him. So that what I showed y'all before, this is the affidavit, right? You have to file an affidavit in support of a search warrant, right, with all your facts. 
Then you get the search warrant signed by the judge, right? Now, here is the return, okay, guys? Anytime you do a search warrant, you have to uh, bring something called a return and put exactly what you took from the house. So let's take a look at what they took from that house. So see attached um, FD597. And the reason for that is because that's their form, right? So, and this is the certification, right? So this is what they took. This is the, with the day that they did it. This is the case number, the FBI case number, right? 617 address. So they took a sh shop vac containing sweepings from the basement, um, typewritten, hard drives, Nokia track phone, black Boone's book, um, drives license of Elmer Keith, uh, credit cards, access cards, telephone, answering machine, Panasonic, safe deposit box, and a pager, a GTE pager. That's what they took, okay, from the search. Okay, and this is the FBI document right here. This is FD597. That's the, uh, the receipt for received and return release. So they basically gave this copy to Ken Barnes. They probably served them with this after the fact, okay? So uh, let's go back. Oop, my bad. Guys, like the video. Because like I told y'all before, I was preparing all this for the show for y'all. Um, where were we at here? Oh, okay. So going back to, this is Hoopstick's uh, account of how she set Brian Wells up. And this was, again, at the stash house that I just showed y'all. And he's seen who Brian was. and But I didn't introduce him or anything. I just took Brian in, seen him, and then took him out. They asked me for his work schedule. The next day, Marge gave me $1,500. So Marge is the one that paid her $1,500. Okay? This is critical evidence, guys. They told me it was going to... And that is why Marge hates her so much, by the way, as well. Keep in mind, what did Marge say? You lying bitch, I'm going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And she threatened her at the jail. Why? Because Hoopstick had the dirts on her. Gonna be in the second week of August, but then they canceled it because March had something to do. She couldn't be there. Okay, you guys are probably wondering what the fuck is this, Myron? That is the body of this guy right here, guys. James Roden, as we discussed before. Um, remember, she shot him in the head. Okay, and then he she, he died weeks before Wells was killed on August twenty eighth. She killed him, and then she needed to stash the body somewhere. So who does she hit up? She hits up Rothstein. One of them boys, hey, I need help stashing this body. Rothstein puts the body in his house over there on Peach Street, right here. Okay. Again, this is a complex case, so I'm repeating myself because I really want y'all to understand. He puts the body there, and then he calls the police, right, a couple days after, the, after Brian Wells is dead because he could feel the heat. And says, yo, this guy's body's at the house, and it was who? Marjorie that killed him, a.k.a. this bimbo right here. Okay? Miss No Eyebrows. Miss Bros. She was the mastermind in the in like, yes. all this. I would say her and from me looking at this case, I think her and Rothstein were the two masterminds. Mm. She uh, she came up with like the general idea. She was like the main stimuli because she wanted her father dead. And then Rothstein is the one that was the arms. He was the one that built the bomb, etc. So that's Jane Roden's body, guys, after they thawed him out, etc., from the freezer. Please like the video on YouTube, guys. Get me to 1,000 plus likes on here because y'all already know I'm about to get demonetized to death. What about the pre-robbery meeting the day before? The one that Barnes and Stockton 
say that Brian was at. Okay, quick little recap. So, guys, Barnes and Stockton, okay, claimed that Wells met with them the day prior to the bank robbery on August 27th, okay? And they met and planned this all out, okay? And that he was a willing conspirator. Let's see if that's actually true based on what Hoopstick says. Um, I was with Brian the day before for a couple hours. I don't believe that he was there that day. I mean, I know he was supposed to go to work at like four o'clock that night. And he was with me from like 12 until like 2.30, which would have given time to go home and get ready for work. So I don't believe he was with them that day. And there you have it, my friends. That, <laughs> I think, is kind of the, the smoking gun that he was not there and conspired with these guys to rob the bank. Because if you think about it, it doesn't make sense. Why would he be the one to take all the risk, put the collar on his neck, etc., right, with a bomb on it, even if they told him allegedly, like, oh, yeah, like, no, nah, bro, it's not real, etc. Like, no, man, I think that he didn't know what was going down and that they just and, and they ambushed him when he showed up at the um at the tower okay and put the and put the collar on his neck but your guys are probably wondering yo myron well why would they lie about that well there's a reason my friends the reason why they lied about it guys is because murder has no statute of limitations so by saying that he was a willing conspirator what it basically did was it took the death penalty off the table for the federal case, okay? And what they ended up getting them on is what? Here is the indictment right here. Okay, guys? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself another document. So I got all the documents here. Yeah. God damn it. Like the goddamn video, guys. Wow. All right, ain't nobody going as hard. So they got them with uh, 18 USC 371, which I know off the top of my head is conspiracy, 924C1B, and 2113 D and 2113E, which, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, use of a destructive device and uh, bank robbery. Let's see here. Manner and means of conspiracy. Okay, this is the indictment that they got them all on. Overt acts, which if you guys know, right, a conspiracy is basically done when it's an agreement between two people to commit an illegal act and then an overt act. So, for example, right, uh, let's say me and Angie, right, plan to rob a bank, right? and I go ahead and get the rent the getaway car. She gets some gloves and then Mo helps out with helping us count the money at the end. Basically, the fact that I got the getaway car is an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So they will use that as an overt act to get us for the bank robbery and the conspiracy because I took actions to make sure that we would actually commit the crime. And uh, Angie as well. Uh, let's see here. Let me see the charges. But you would be the mastermind. Yeah, I would probably be the mastermind if I was the one that planned it. Yep, and I would get the most time. Of course. So count two. Oh, this is an old-ass indictment. They don't list out the crimes like they should be. Okay, here, I got y'all right now. FBI, uh, pizza, bomber, right here. Okay, this is the archive. Okay, they ended up getting them. The charges were... uh, God damn it. Oh, 
Conspiracy to commit bank robbery, armed bank robbery, and using and carrying a destructive device in a crime of violence. Okay, let me enlarge that for y'all real quick, my bad guys. This is an old FBI archive from, when was this? 2007. God damn. I was, in, I was a junior in high school. But yeah, these were the charges. Uh, <laughs> conspiracy to commit bank robbery, armed bank robbery, and using and carrying a destructive device in a crime of violence. All right, so I had most of them right. All right. Uh, and that was this indictment right here, as y'all can see. Okay, this is the actual official indictment, which you could tell how old it is. It's all faded and shit. I have a lot of remorse for a lot of stuff I did and a lot of... All right. So, yeah, she feels bad because she set him up and she should feel bad because I was fucked up. So let's fast forward here. She like, basically killed him. Yeah, basically she set him up to die. Real mm -hmm. talk. So this is kind of what happened. And company decide to target. And she killed him. All right, it's that's her what? killing Roden. That, that's her killing James Roden. Yeah, yeah, dramatization is hilarious. Seems <laughs> as if investigators have learned all the details. Hell, dramatization. The yeah, what the heck was that wig? Why did Deal Armstrong and company decide to target Brian Wells to be the bank robber? Oh well, that's when Kenneth Barnes drops another bombshell on them. Brian Wells was in on the plot. All okay, the we know that that was not true. So this uh, this documentary is actually wrong about this. We know, thanks to the to the three hundred four, right? That she belongs to the streets. We know that Brian Wells actually was not in on it, and he didn't know what the hell was going on. And to be honest with you, I believe the prostitute because she makes herself look really bad because she has to admit that she set him up to die. Okay. And that's why she didn't want to do the interview in the first place. So what's, here's what really went down, guys. So he shows up, right, Brian Wells. And let's go ahead and pull up this. And again, just so you guys know, let me show y'all this real fast. This, so again, here are all the conspirators, right? And here is a screenshot. So Brian Wells gets the, uh, gets the, uh, the delivery for two um, pepperoni pizzas, I think with sausage, fat bastard. He goes all the way back here, right? When he gets back here, he's met by um, Ken Barnes, Armstrong, Marjorie uh, Armstrong, William Rothstein, and Stockton, okay? And what ends up happening is they basically grab him up, okay? They grab him up, and they put the collar on him, right? So I think Barnes, Barnes, uh, grab, Barnes grabs him, smacks him, and then Stockton comes over, and puts the collar on his neck, all right? While this is all going down, and Wells is trying to um, struggle, is fight back and struggle, Rothstein shoots a gun in the air to let him know, hey, we can, we can kill you, right? So that's what I think Wells meant when he said they were shooting at me. He might have not seen it, but Rothstein shot a gun in the air. And then Armstrong is there as well, observing everything going down. But the two people that mostly had their hands on him were Barnes and Stockton, okay? So... Stockton puts the, the, the clamp on his neck, and then they tell him, hey, this is what you got to do. And they give him the instructions and tell him, get the fuck out of there. You got 55 minutes. And then, obviously, the, the saw situation ended up going down. Live or die. It's your choice. If you guys remember uh, what Jigsaw would famously say. Um, so that's kind of what went down there when he went back over there to that area. Okay, And obviously, he was set up by Hoopsick, um, who basically told Ken Barnes, that he was a guy, she got paid $1,500 by Marjorie for setting this guy up. And 
Barnes gave her some free crack cocaine. All right. Wow. So she literally Yeah, she did it for crack at fifteen hundred bucks. Originally it was supposed to be five thousand dollars, but I guess she she took a crack discount. Don't do drugs, you guys. Don't do drugs, guys. You can kill someone. Crack is whack. Um, let's see here. So let's go through the timeline some more. Make sure we didn't miss anything. Uh okay. So okay, May 10th, 2006. Uh okay. Yeah, federal agents searched Barnes, then residents in a 600 block of Perry Street in Erie for bomb-making components and other items. Um, Armstrong would talk to Wick and Clark. Remember, those are the two agents from ATF and FBI. Total of eight times. This was the date of her last interview, along with her personal lawyer, Lawrence D. Ambrosia, who encouraged her to talk. She goes on a ride with Wick and Clark in a summit township. She points out where she was throughout the day when Wells was killed, according to the FBI. Yeah, they actually took her out, guys, to, um, to get pretzels and uh, Diet Coke, and she ended up talking. No way. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was so cheap. Like yeah, yeah. crack, she, pretzels, yeah. and coke. Hey man. Hey man, get some get some goddamn Yeah, actually it was in this documentary. Let me see here if uh, I can show show y'all. I'll show I'll show y'all here if can I can. Can I press find the it. She belongs to the streets. Yeah, she definitely belongs to the streets. Let's see here if they if they're gonna if I can find it. I forget which episode it was in. I think wow. it was this one. Oh yeah, it was this one. So here they are leading her away, guys, right? As y'all can see, here's the two case agents. Here's Jerry Clark. And the guy from ATF, right? They're leading her from the jail, right? To take her on the ride. Did you, were you the mastermind behind this Brian Wells case? I wasn't even involved. Oh, you fucking God. stupid. Stupid. I don't know why she's talking. See, as, you, as y'all can see, the FBI agents are quiet as hell. They don't want to, well, the FBI and ATF guy are quiet as hell. They don't want to say shit. And she's over here yapping her gums away. And they probably told her too, don't say shit to the press if she's still over here talking. I'm innocent. Not the cow. Who's framing you? Was Bill Rothstein the mastermind? Bill Rothstein and the government are framing me, okay? Framed me, okay? And the rest of these lying lying perjuring witnesses. Yeah, as she gets into a government car. What? You're working with the government right now. Bruh, what are you talking about? Like Stupid. And also, not to mention, I also want to mention this as well, guys. So they said perjuring witnesses. Just so you guys know, there were a bunch of people that were housed with uh, Marjorie that came forward and said that she confessed to shooting her, her that first boyfriend back in the 80s six times while he was asleep. And she got away with it. She would brag about how she got away with it. She also bragged about how her and Rothstein committed this crime together and how Rothstein made the bomb. And she had hired Ken Barnes to kill her father so that she would get money. She was literally obsessed with getting this money out of inheritance, which is funny because her father, okay, had taken her off their inheritance. Love <laughs> <laughs> you, father. Don DeMarco for him. Don DeMarco. What a stupid girl. Literally was out here Women. making a whole crazy plot, right, to kill her dad for 250K, get pizza men to blow up shit, and going into banks and creating fucking cane shotguns and all this other shit. Meanwhile, she was never on the will. <laughs> what a nail. What a nail. Oh, man. W dad, man. W dad. Shout out to him. What I don't understand is that yeah. um, she killed all these people. She killed all her husbands and Boyfriend, boyfriends yeah. and shit. Why didn't she just kill her dad? She tried to, but she didn't want to. Oh. Uh, because the paper trail would have been too 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 easy to trace back to her. Yeah, but can you see like how easy it is for like to get her on this thing? Like, 
Yeah, just... I, I'm shocked that she got by on the other ones. Like when she was like, because she the first one she claimed self defense. She shot him six times while he was whatever, and she said she was in an abusive relationship and she got off. She could have done that with her dad. But then with the second guy, she had to like he got he hit his head on the table and died. But she was never like accused of being a a, a crook. So I think if she if her dad died too, it would have been too too obvious. If they would have been like, bro. So I think she wanted to distance herself because at this point, think about it. She had the bank robbery. She didn't even want to be involved in that. She knew she was under the radar from the police. Okay. And her time was ticking. Okay, I can see that. So she wanted Ken Barnes to do it instead. All right, so let's go real quick uh, so you guys can see what I'm talking about here when she cooperated with the police. Daddy, cancer. There's no physical evidence. She, and I want y'all to pay attention to that. She keeps saying there's no physical evidence. I never confessed anything. Uh, crook, man. That's some crook type comment shit. On that day, she was just, um, I think, glad to be out of prison. Said, Marge, would like something to eat? Yeah, let's get a, uh, something at the country fair here. So we stopped. Marjorie asked for some pretzels. So I went in, grabbed a bag of pretzel rods, a couple Diet Cokes, and we sat in the back. And we're eating pretzel rods, drinking Diet Cokes while we're driving around looking at locations. And it was... <laughs> w police right there, man. <laughs> And real quick, I want to mention to y'all, um, when they raided her house the first time, right, on Peach Street when she was living there, uh, they found literally, like, Diet Coke bottles everywhere. It was literally disgusting. So this woman had loved Diet Coke. I don't know why, because Diet Coke is trash. It's all about Coke Zero, but, you know, it is what it is. It was almost like you had, you know, just your family member that you're taking around for a ride. There's the bomb again. See, guys, you can see the two timers in there. And again, critical piece of evidence is that she said that she provided the two timers and she was able to name the brand. And again, that was not released to the media at the time. So that was a very solid piece of evidence. Oh, and they're going to talk about that here actually right now. She divulged that Mr. Rothstein had requested two kitchen timers from her. And that was significant because up to that point, the media, of course, had a lot of information, released a lot of information on this case. Um, but they did not know and did not release the fact there were two timers in this device. When she said Mr. Rossi wanted two and she provided two, that was a significant piece of information. Boom. So, uh, okay, so what do we got here? So we're going to go back to the timeline real quick, guys, okay? Uh, a federal grand jury, which was which has been meeting in the Wells case for close to two years and was about to have its term expire, indicts Armstrong and Barnes on the felonies of armed bank robbery. Again, guys, Barnes, the fishing guy that she's friends with, that she the conspired to kill dealer. her dad with, drug dealer, mm -hmm. and Armstrong. Uh, conspiracy to commit uh, armed bank robbery and using destructive device in the crime of violence. The grand jury names Wells and Rothstein as unindicted co-conspirators. And the reason why is because Wells was dead and Rothstein was dead as well at this point. That's why they were unindicted co-conspirators. And keep in mind, guys, like I said before, the reason why Barnes and Marjorie and uh, the other guy who actually was not indicted, this dude, um, Stockton, right? Didn't say, it kept saying that Wells was, an, uh, was a willing participant as because they're not stupid. If he was not a willing participant, what ends up happening? They can all get the death penalty. Okay? So that's why, that was a key reason why they said that he was a willing participant. July 11, 2007, the U.S. Attorney's Office unseals the indictment. Stockton is not named in the indictment. He reaches an immunity deal with the government in exchange for testifying against Armstrong and Barnes. And again, that is the child rapist right here. And 
I think at this point, he was already in prison, guys, on a great charge out in the state of Washington. That's another reason why they didn't want to charge him, because he was already serving time. Go back to the timeline. July 29, 2008, U.S. District Judge Sean McLaughlin uh, rules Armstrong incompetent for trial, largely because of her bipolar disorder. He orders her to undergo more mental health exams in the federal prison system. September 3rd, 2008, Barnes pleads guilty before McLaughlin to conspiracy to commit bank robbery as well as using a destructive device during a crime of violence, both felonies. So Barnes can uh, pleads guilty, okay? So he's done. The drug dealer is done. December 3rd, 2008, McLaughlin sentences Barnes, then 54, to 45 years in federal prison, but he agrees to testify against Armstrong. Gotcha, bitch! September 8th, 2009, McLaughlin finds Armstrong competent to stand trial, okay? Uh, March 10th, Armstrong has a cancerous lump removed from her neck and is later diagnosed with glandular uh, cancer that originated in one of her breasts, okay? Also, I don't know why they didn't mention this, but um, Barnes got 23 years knocked off of a sentence to testify against Armstrong. <laughs> so he ended up getting only about 20 years, okay, to, to testify against her. Uh, August 12, 2010, at a court hearing, McLaughlin, this is the judge again, reviews a phys physician's report that gives Armstrong three to seven years to live. The prosecutor, Assistant United States Attorney Marshall Pacini, said he plans to proceed with the trial. He said he would have considered halting the trial if the medical report had given Armstrong less time to live. McLaughlin sets a trial date for October 12th. October 12, 2010, jury selection begins at Armstrong's trial. November 1st, after deliberating 11 hours and 30 minutes over two days, the jury convicts Armstrong of all the charges. February 28, 2011, McLaughlin sentences Armstrong to life in prison plus 30 years. Oh, my God. The, <laughs> the federal prison system has no parole, a.k.a. So L for her. So she's still in prison? No, she died. She died. She ended up dying, I think, in 2017, and uh, and Barnes died in 2019. Okay. So everyone in this case is pretty much dead. I think maybe... Except for the prostitute. I think the prostitute is still alive, and let's see here. Who's still alive? He's dead. Dead roommate. Oh, hold on. Let me put the picture for y'all. So Panetti, dead, drug overdose. Wells, obviously dead because, you know, he had blew the up. bomb blew up. Mm -hmm. um, Hoopstick, to my knowledge right now, still alive. Barnes died 2019. Armstrong died 2017. Rothstein died in 2000. When the hell did he die? God damn it. Let's go back to the timeline. <sighs> he died July 30th, but I forget the year for some odd reason. Was it 2004? 2000... Yeah. Uh, hold on. July, July 30th, 2004. Rothstein died 60 Cancer. of cancer. Okay. okay. So, so he's dead. Stockton, I think, is still alive. So I think the only two people that are left here are Stockton and Hoopsick. They tried to interview Stockton for the for the documentary, but he said no. Um, so yeah, the thing that got Armstrong, guys, again, was her links to Rothstein, right? Uh, Barnes, the two biggest people that testified against her here, guys, in this case, were Stockton, Barnes, Hoopsick, and also they brought the women that um that she confessed to in the prison that she was involved in the Wells case. There were a couple of them. Hell, one of the prisoners actually took notes when Armstrong was admitting to being involved in the Wells case with Rothstein. Where's so, 
stupid lady. Yeah, yeah, very, very stupid. She bragged, man. This is typical narcissistic behavior. So, not surprised. Yeah. So, she's where she needs to be, probably in hell. Because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, she's behind a bunch of men dying. Like, she killed, th- she killed four dudes, if you think about it. Mm. She killed her husband. husband. She killed boyfriend. her boyfriend. And then she killed Rodan, who was her other boyfriend, this guy right here. Right? Shot his ass with a shotgun. Because he he claimed that he was going to go to the police once he figured out that this conspiracy he didn't apparently he wasn't get enough going to get enough of the money from the bank robbery heist so she killed him and uh, and yeah so she's behind four and then obviously Wells so she's behind four different males dying um, and then Rothstein he took his uh, uh, secret to the grave but we know he was involved because um, the kitchen timers he was a handyman he was dumping a bunch of uh, dumping a bunch of debris. Also, he made the payphone calls uh, to Wells, to the pizza shop, So, and witnesses saw him there. So, yeah, man, there's, there's no way around. And then, obviously, Barnes knew her very well. Fishing buddy, he asked her to kill her father. And, uh, yeah, that was an L. So, yeah, guys, that is the case summarized. Um, Angie, what are your thoughts on this situation? I know it was going to be crazy. Very, one of the most bizarre cases of all time that we've covered on this uh, show. It is pretty crazy. They never got the money. Did they? They never no, they it. never. They got eight thousand bucks, and they didn't even get that. Man, they spent more on on setting the plot than what they got from it. <laughs> yeah, they crazy. probably did spend more. Yeah, building that bomb took months. They paid that. The only winning like person was the lady. The the person. Oh, did the prostitute serve in prison? No, she, she never served any time. Interesting. She, she never served Why, any time though? for this crime. She uh because. She, they they just never charged her. FBI never charged her, even though she set Brian up to die. That's, that's just crazy. Yep. What would she have done to not get charged? Uh, I mean, it was after it was way after the fact. At that point, I think the case agent had retired. The case was mm. kind of done. They had got their main conspirators. So uh, maybe maybe uh she maybe she uh probably got some kind of deal because again she testified against Marjorie in the federal trial. All oh, right, because she talked. So that might have been a situation as well. That she worked something out with them. Well, I will have charged her anyways. Like, ill justice system. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is, man. A lot of times, crooks walk so that they can go and get the masterminds. Like, the government is always more interested in getting the guys at the top of the totem pole. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, you have to let other people go. Question. Will will this have been been like a racketeering um, charge or something? Uh, That's a good question. this could have been a racketeering charge, a RICO charge, a if Rico they charge, were yeah. a part of a gang. But they weren't that's a gang. That's the only, like... Yeah, you need to be able to establish that it's an enterprise. That's like the, that's like the baseline foundation mm. for you being able to charge someone racketeering. You need to establish that they have a criminal enterprise and, there's some t- and they're working together in furtherance of the organization. So um, in this case, I don't think racketeering charges would have sufficed. Mm. Um, and then you would have had to have like multiple crimes going on over a period of time. In reality, this was just one crime over like one, like one, right? Like they didn't have like a pattern of racketeering activity. I thought it was just it just needed to be an organization. Yeah. Why? Why was the FBI um, involved? Uh, because it was a bank robbery. Okay. So if it, a bank robberies in the United States are automatically investigated by the FBI, and the reason for that is because banks are federally insured. Mm-hmm. So if you rob a bank, it's automatic FBI is coming after you. Okay. So anything that's FBI insured is going to be FBI. And then also the fact that there was um, a bomb used in this situation brought the ATF in. Right. 
So the the automatically, it was going to probably be federal. Okay. The ATF was, was uh, what? Uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Oh, right, right. So ATF, uh, the I, other I guy that was forgetting. that was there, um, right. he, uh, ATF is involved whenever explosives are there. If okay. there isn't a terrorism nexus. If it's explosive, but there's a terrorism nexus, FBI takes it. But if it's just explosives, ATF takes it. Because right. they pretty much are the main agency that tracks uh, guns, explosives, all that stuff. They regulate all that stuff federally. Right. Okay. All right. No, good questions. Uh, we got here Curtis Cole, Hoodie Myron giving out the best content. I appreciate that. Uh, Eddie T, great job covering this story so far. Appreciate the work you and Angie do putting all this info together. Yeah, uh, guys, uh, guys, that's why it took me a while because I had to like make sure I have all this stuff ready for y'all, man, because this is a lot of information, as you guys can see here. Um, we got here, what else? Uh, can you do one on Jim Jones, a.k.a. Jonestown Massacre of 900 people? Uh, if we have time, that's more of a historical type thing. Was tuning into whatever and realized I don't need to lose any more brain cells this weekend, so I'm here F the goats. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Uh, Devin Von Bone goes, your live streams haven't been in my feed lately. Oh, people are saying that, that you, we just got like for shadow banned. For or YouTube, for, or Fed Fed it. It. For Shadow banned, yes. It's, uh, I was reading the chat and some guy said that, uh, we apparently don't pop up on their subscribers list. You know what? Subscri I might change the channel name to Fed Reacts because I noticed guys that it's very it's difficult very to difficult. find the channel. It is So I might difficult. change it to Fed Reacts for you guys as much as I like Fed1811 because it's funny playing on the Reddit. But I might change their channel name to Fed Reacts because it'll be easier to find. Or Fed it Reacts. Or Fed it or something. Well, we'll Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But yeah. I think Fed Reacts is going to be the easiest one. Uh, as much as I hate to name it after Reacts, but that's what YouTube is. Uh, Laredo Police Department. Shout out to you guys. Uh, hey, Myron. Long time no see. But I hope your little friend didn't swim here for, from her country. Uh, no, she didn't, my friend. She's here legally. Don't worry. What? Uh, it, it's you guys, and what? It would be, be Border Patrol if that would investigate that anyway. Laredo Police doesn't investigate. Uh, <laughs> Um, aliens, uh, alien crime. Uh, CIA, thank you so much, bro. Wow. Hey, G, not related to Fedit, but I specialize in short form content and uh, editing, and I could vastly improve the aesthetic and digestibility of the FNF clips on Instagram and or YouTube. If you're interested, you can DM me uh, on IG or uh, RJ CEO, and I will provide some of my work samples for you. Okay, you know what? Do me a favor. DM, DM Fedit.1811 because yeah. Angie uh, manages that, mm -hmm. and she could take a look. Fedit.1811. Uh, we're going to get more active on that one as well. Yes. Can we get a case breakdown of when YouTube started being haters? Uh, <laughs> yeah, You know what, well, bro? They've been haters since whenever. Uh, L YouTube, WFNF crew, keep on doing God's work. Don't worry, guys. On the playback, it's going to um, show, it's going to show even though it was saying stream, whatever, unavailable. So don't worry. We're active on social media while we're HSI. No, I was not, guys. I was not. And the reason for that is because you don't really want to be active on social media when you're a fed. And that's from Aiden McCarraher. Uh, uh, and Venezuela Police Department. Oi, Angie. Uh, okay, you got this, Angie. What? Oye, Angie, ¿qué haces en Estados Unidos cuando no tienes papeles allá? No hay arepas como nuevas. This is not well written. And what does that mean? They they said like, what am I doing in the United States when I'm when I don't have any papers and there they there are no arepas like ours, <laughs> which is true though. The last part is true, but like, what? <laughs> Marico, ustedes son una mierda, o sea, son la verga más corrupta que existe. ¿Cómo voy a, no, no voy a, voy a estar en Venezuela? Like, debe ser que me what? voy a devolver por las arepas. No me voy a devolver what por las fuck? arepas. I don't know what's going Hell on. you guys. Okay, uh, she's going back and forth in Spanish. I don't know what that means. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying that they're corrupt as F. So. Uh, we read the Sparky note. Uh, yeah, I told you guys Ethereum and Bitcoin. Big Mo, <laughs> shout out to Big Mo. 
I'm not a snitch, but if the police offer me arepas, I'm giving <laughs> all the names and addresses. Hey, bro, you better not give them all the names and addresses, goddammit. You're on a diet, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, cool. Uh, they, are, they are healthy arepas, Mario. Yeah, I they? need to, to introduce you to them. Oh, okay. Shout out to Masad in the chat. Them boys are here. <laughs> hey, bro, we know y'all were behind 9-11, bro. We know what... <laughs> We know y'all are behind it, goddammit! Ding, ding. Ryan Dawson, uh, the bells are going crazy all over the place, goddammit. Okay? <laughs> and... Canceled. Canceled. Okay, <laughs> I think we're done here more than likely. Uh, I think that's going to be the end of the show right there, before them boys end us. Um, Angie, what's your th final thoughts on the case? I mean, you, you kind of just came in cold and you saw everything as it was going down. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is a crazy case. Um... I didn't watch the... Myron told me to watch the documentary, but I was busy today and I couldn't watch it. But it, it seems like a very interesting documentary. I've been watching some documentaries on Netflix. There are some that are pretty good. Myron doesn't like them because he thinks that they're too dramatic or whatever for Netflix, which is kind of true as well. There are also very good ones on HBO. Um, I'm trying to watch the ones that you guys have been requesting, like Aaron Hernandez case and the Atlanta child murders and all those stuff. So in case we we can do them like uh, later on, you know, we'll be prepared. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So guys, with that said, I am going to go ahead and, uh, we'll catch you guys. I think we're good. Are, are there any, any other channels here or anything or any other questions? No, I think we're good. Right. Okay. Uh, guys, hope you guys enjoyed that episode of fed it, man. Again, a lot of research gave y'all two hours plus of content. Um, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to the channel. Uh, Follow fed it. Yes. Fed it. 1811 yeah. on Instagram. Yes. Um, and yeah, man, love y'all, man. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Peace. Shout out to all the, the American agencies in here saying Masada. <laughs> Love you guys. I will catch you guys on the next episode of Fed It, man. I was a special agent with Homeland Security Investigations, okay, guys? HSI. The cases that I did mostly were human smuggling and drug trafficking. No one else has these documents, by the way. Here's what Fed It covers. Dr. Lafredo confirmed lacerations due to stepping on glass. Murder investigation. You see him reaching in his jacket. You don't know. And he's positioning. Been on February 13, 2019. You're facing two counts of premeditated murder. Racketeering and Rico young, conspiracy. Young slime life here and after referred to as YSL. The defendants is, uh, was 6ix9ine. And then this is Billy Seiko right here. Now, when they first started, guys, 6ix9ine ran. I'm a fed. I'm watching this music video. You know, I'm bobbing my head like, hey, this shit lit. But at the same time, I'm pausing. Oh, wait, who this? Right? Oh, who's that in the back? Firearms and violent crimes. A.K.A. Push